What's going on, y'all, and welcome back to the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Eloy, and today we're going to be going over The Boys Season 3, which came out this year, 2022. And first thing i got to say is this. I'm giving a solid round of applause for the cast, the director, the writers, and even fucking Amazon, of all fucking things. This season and this show is probably one of my favorite fucking shows on you know on tv right now this has been the greatest superhero show that has come out this year and even better than peacemaker i like peacemaker but i, I love this show even more um this show the actors oh my oh my god uh jack quaid carl urban anthony star uh fuck aaron moriarty uh, jesus all, all the people chase crawford everybody all the people who've taken part in this show this season when I saw the snippet uh, where Billy Butcher was like, you guys have, or Carl Urban's like, you guys have stepped it up to season. You have all stepped it up to season. Like, I, he was not fucking lying when he said they stepped it up. They indeed stepped it up this fucking season. They went from a great first season to an all right season, which was good. And then they went to a fucking amazing season like this. If they keep this shit up and don't let their, you know, don't let their egos get to them and thinking, oh, we can put out anything and they'll be happy with it. No, if you guys keep this up, you guys will, you guys, you guys are going to have one of the greatest superhero shows of all time on your hands, which you kind of already do. Amazon, you guys are knocking out the park when it comes to superhero stuff. Diabolical, I enjoy, I honestly, I watch Diabolical. I watch Boys Diabolical. I watch probably six out of the eight episodes there and I thoroughly enjoyed them. Um... I also watched uh, Invincible. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that show. I can't wait for season two. Amazon right now is taking the cake when it comes to superhero shows. Disney Plus, like Candy, honestly, they can't even match up to what this show has decided to do. Like, this show has made me love superheroes. Even though, honestly, watching this show, you probably shouldn't like superheroes because they're fucking kind of assholes. Um, this is just a great show. Season one was really great in introducing the characters. Season two was... It was good, but there was some parts that I didn't like. Like, here's one of the things I will mention, and this is an obvious thing, and and this is obvious in this season. Some might say, oh my god, they take they take shots at both political sides, and they make fun of everybody, kind of like how South Park kind of does. Okay, that is true, but based off of season one and then season two, there is a drastic difference in what they make fun of on both political sides for season two than there is season one and even season three. In season two, they basically like the right, the the and when it comes to political American politics, the right are a bunch of radical, uh, loudmouth, uh, racist, offensive, ignorant morons that basically will buy into anything as long as it has what they like in there, and they're basically easily swayed to fall into the uh, category of just um, what's the word or what's the, what's the name? What are they called? Um, just dumb of a, of a sheep of sheep and then the left is portrayed basically like a bunch of pussies that can't really that are, you know can't really take insults or they can't take jokes and stuff like that and that's kind of basically it so you know you got all the stuff they make fun of the right for but they won't dare touch the left for certain topics like they'll bring up oh you guys are pussies and woke and haha you guys are woke and this bullshit they'll bring that up but they won't go as far as the fact of talking about like 
I'm not gonna bring it up, but I'm, they, they don't they don't talk about certain stuff. And those of you who are familiar in certain politics, you 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 kind of understand. You kind of understand what I mean when I say they like when it comes to the left. There's certain stuff that they won't bring up to talk about on there versus like like the right, which they do. Like they have no problem. Like they they will say a lot of shit about the right, but when it comes to the left, they'll say stuff, but they won't say as bad stuff. Now that's what I've noticed. That's to me what made season two kind of eh. Like, you guys are, like, pushing, like, the whole Nazi thing, season two, was funny, was, you know, cool and stuff like that, but, like, you know, it's kind of like, eh, okay, come on, like, the right, Nazi, you know, everybody's, all, it's always been a Nazi thing, and all this other dumb stuff, white genocide, all this dumb bullshit. This fucking, this show, this season three, I thought they did a pretty good job of balancing it, I thought it was fucking hilarious, like, uh, it, it's just, to me, it was done really, it was done really well. There, okay, it was done really well. And this is, like I said, I'm not going to be a sh fucking complete shill, or not even a shill at all. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to be a shill and just be like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing ever. Nothing is wrong with it. There is a couple of things wrong with the season. One of them, uh, I just mentioned the whole, uh, you, I, like, if you guys are to make fun of both sides, make fun of them equally. Like, I shouldn't be able to notice when you guys are poking fun at certain stuff on one political side, and you won't even touch one side on the other, but you'll make fun of something else. So, um... Was I'm going to, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, uh, I'll talk about what the a second part is that I didn't really care for this season. Or not didn't care for, but I thought it was like kind of lackluster. And this is like a universal thing too. I'm not the only one that's thought this. When it first happened, I'm like, really? Is that kind of, was that it? Or like, am I, the, am I going to be the only one thinking that this is not the best when this happened? Um, sorry, I just threw a cobweb down. Um, but yeah. So anyway, without further ado, let's get right into it. There are eight episodes in this season, just like there is every season, and we're going to go ahead and open up on the beginning of the first episode. Uh, the first episode, let me get the name. I got to get the name, make sure I got everything correct. I'm going to read you guys the name of each episode. I love the how they the names they come up with their, with their episodes for this show. I think it's just, I think, so sometimes like you're like, what? What does that even mean? And you're like, oh, okay, I know what that means. That's pretty fucking funny. All right. The, fir the first episode of season three is called Payback. All right, so we open up on Dawn of the Seven, the it, Dawn of the Seven, Homelander, and it looks like the area where Vaught Tower is, New York, is destroyed. It's just a giant bunch of rubble everywhere, and you're like, oh my god, what's going on? And then you see Stormfront, and then you see Homelander land. Boom! Homelander comes in, basically tells her, I guess we're breaking up, Nazi bitch. Uh, this was fucking hilarious. Like, this was so awesome. Basically, they mock the Avengers by this. They've been teasing the last two seasons, the whole Dawn of the Seven movie that they're filming. Uh, Adam Bork was the guy's name who the who's the Bork cut. I, uh, they have been they have been um, teasing this for like, the last two seasons, and they actually sh they showed it. it Basically, what happens is there's a movie called Dawn of the Seven that they're filming in the last two seasons. Like, they tease it, and it finally comes to fruition in this one. They had to replace Stormfront because she was a Nazi. They changed the, they had the whole rewrites, a bunch of rewrites done to make the movie basically Stormfront the villain. A-Train uh, scene where he's like, you guys couldn't have one last run without the A-Train. Uh, uh, what's a Queen Maeve showing up saying she's gay? Like, who are you, Maeve? I'm gay. Like... This, oh my god, this was such a fucking funny ass. Just It was so cool, just mocking the Avengers the way Disney and the MCU do things. Uh, I think it was really great. Honestly, no cap, they need to fucking make a Dawn of the Seven full-length movie with Homelander, fucking A-Train, all the characters acting like serious, like it's like it's a Marvel film, acting like they would do in a Marvel film, where there's like no dumb asshole Homelander. Like, I want to legit see like a, 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 a fucking Amazon exclusive 
where they dropped Dawn of the Seven on there and they, they put it on. Oh, it's under Vought, like Vought's, you know, Vought Plus. Like, I think it was amazing. Um, and they're at the movie premiere. We then see Homelander watching the film, just dazing off, looking at the film. And he's watching it and Stan Edgar, John uh, Carlo Esposito, great fucking actor. I love him. He's watching it, like, just looking at Homelander as Homelander's just, like, watching. It's like, huh. He's thinking of Stormfront, obviously. Thinking about all the shit he's been going through. And, like, basically, he's kind of... He's kind of just been threatened by all this other stuff to basically expose him for the asshole piece of shit he is. Um, they start making a bunch of Snyder Cut jokes, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, the release of the Bork Cut, the Snyder Cut, I thought that was just fucking hilarious. Um... And then, boom, sex in the bathroom. Adam Bork is having sex with Ashley in the bathroom. She rips out some of her hair. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like that, that, I'm like, that shit was just like, caught me off guard. I'm like, this is going to be an amazing season or an amazing episode. Um, we then get introduced to Billy Butcher. And then we also get introduced to Kamiko and Frenchie. Frenchie's got a bit of a haircut. Billy Butcher's doing the shame thing he's been doing. You know, a bo-o-wa-a, you fucking blown cunt. I, I love Carl Urban. This is this is his breakout role. This was his breakout role, and I hope he gets a number of other roles after this show is fucking when it finally comes to an end. Uh, I hope it doesn't anytime soon. Um, they are trying to track down a soup named Termite. This soup is basically Ant-Man. He can shrink and get down to a small size. I'm not sure if he can grow giant. I know he can go back to his normal size. Basically, he's about to have gay sex with this dude at a party. He goes into a room with the guy and they're like getting ready to have sex and everything. He tells him to shrink down. And I was like, I already know exactly what he's going to fucking do. Termite shrinks down to a small ass size and climbs inside of the guy's penis and starts like scratching his penis on the inside and everything. And he accidentally, there's about a sneeze and he covers up and then he sneezes and he fucking turns to normal size and basically kills the guy by exploding inside of him. And he's covered in blood. There's body on the fucking bed. Blood everywhere. He's like, what the fuck? He's in shock. And um, uh, and <laughs> after he explodes inside of his penis, killing him, Frenchie then walks in. He's like, hey, I'm not going to say anything. It's okay. And then he tries to basically stop Frenchie. They fight. Frenchie gets his ass beat by this guy. And Butcher then ends up capturing him in a little plastic bag of Coke and shakes it. And it was fucking hilarious. And he's like <coughs> throwing up. He's got a bunch of Coke inside of his system now. And it hit him a lot faster because he was tiny. It was just fucking amazing. We then transitioned to uh, Huey and Starlight. They both live to uh, together occasionally. They have an apartment. It seems like they're not always there all the time because Starlight's busy with Vought and a bunch of other shit. Uh, they're both happy. Uh, Huey is at work for the uh, FBSA. I believe is the the bureau for like super. Uh, the Federal Bureau of Super uh, Superhero Affairs or Super Superhuman Affairs. Basically, he works with um, Congresswoman uh, Newman, the lady who can basically pop people's heads, and it's basically like a little business. Uh, not business. It's uh, basically a thing where they basically um, they want soups. They have no problem with good soups, but they hold them accountable for their actions. Like let's say a soup is fighting a bad guy in downtown New York, and then let's say he accidentally shoots off a ray beam that kills six people by accident, and he stops the bad guy. They're basically the people like, yo, you killed six people even though you stopped the you stopped the bad guy. Like you should still be held responsible. That's basically what their job is. And Huey works for them. Um, now while he's there, there's this guy that keeps going, Nadia, Nadia. Like, he's looking for Newman. He walks by her and she just ignores him. And he's Huey's looking at her like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is this guy? The guy follows her and he kind of goes off screen. Uh, we then go to Butcher visiting Ryan. Ryan's spending quality time with him. The actor who plays Ryan, the kid actor, he's gotten a little bit older, you can tell. Uh, he's gotten a little bit taller. Um, 
And there was a time jump this season. They jumped forward like a number of months. I think it was like a year. I think they jumped forward like a year. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? A butcher is spending time uh, with Ryan. Um, and it's great just to see Butcher, you know, spend time with the kid who basically looks at him as a father figure. Um, we're, then we go, then, then we get, we then go to Homelander's prepping for TV, a TV interview with the Deep and his wife shows up. Uh, Homelander's basically pissed off that the Deep got a TV slot before him because the Deep's like, oh, Homelander, I got this TV spot. And you can just tell Homelander's just like, had enough. He's fucking pissed off. Um, uh, basically the deep's going to talk about his new book and this was hilarious he goes yeah they got shia labeouf's ghostwriter to write the deep's book and i don't know if there's any truth to shia labeouf having a ghostwriter for anything he's done but that to me was just fucking random and hilarious um we then go to um cameron coleman cameron coleman who's uh basically if you okay one thing i want to mention they amazon has done great with the advertising for the show they have made so much side content like diabolical and if you, there's a channel on youtube called Vot international that's played like an actual like disney like a company where they have a bunch of shows coming out and all these different news outlets it's amazing like, it's fucking hilarious like all this stuff came out before the show uh, season three came out there was like an interview with cameron coleman and huey uh teasers for dawn of the seven all this fucking stuff that like that was like makes sense if it was in the boys universe that they pretend like it's real in our universe and they post it on youtube it's hilarious cameron coleman is basically a play on tucker carlson that's completely fucking obvious vnn which is the news uh, company he works for is a, a play on cnn obviously um the whole fake news jokes that they make is hilarious um uh, Col uh cameron uh, coleman is basically uh talking um uh, I believe it was with Homelander, and Homelander's basically talking about how he fell for the wrong girl, fell for the wrong girl. It's like a whole thing that goes on. Um, we then, um, and, and you can tell it's just eating him up inside. He's got to keep saying it to every single news outlet. I just fell for, I'm the, I'm just the right guy that fell for the wrong girl. And it was just, it's a whole little thing. Um, we then meet with uh, MM, Mother's Milk, and uh, his now ex-wife, they're divorced now, and his daughter at the time, uh, his daughter's uh, birthday party. They're at the daughter's birthday party, and you think they kind of fake you out a little bit, like what the fuck's going on? And you realize that oh, he and his wife are divorced. Um, you can tell MM is trying to be on like ever since him and the boys stopped running together, like they're not. He's not with the boys anymore. He's doing his own thing, where he's basically trying to be a good father to his daughter. He's trying to basically like play the clean slate, where he's not doing anything wrong. He wants to act like a good father in front of his daughter, which is sweet. And you can tell he he does miss his old life that he had. Even if, like, even the job that he worked when he was with the troubled youth and then with the boys, like, you can tell he misses doing what he's doing and it's just hard for him to snap back to reality of just being a normal guy where he doesn't have to deal with all this fucking chicanery and all this other stuff. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, and, uh, we meet, uh, the new, the new husband, the stepdad of his daughter, Todd, he's like this white dude. And uh, he's kind of cringy, not like in a bad way. He's just cringy, like oh, this fucking clown. Um, and you can tell MM doesn't like him, but he's like, hey, I got a co-parent. It's the right thing to do for my daughter Janine. It's what I got to do. Um, we then get introduced again to Stan Edgar. He's talking about uh, a substance. He's talking about a man, a substance that gives. Um, uh, it's called temporary V. Basically, what it does is it gives uh, the subject, test subject, powers for twenty-four hours, and that's. <laughs> powers for 24 hours powers for 24 hours sounds like a fucking show uh basically gives the subject powers for 24 hours and those powers can range from laser eyes flight super strength durability to having titties on your face and 
that, they talk about that in the boys diabolical not every not every kid injected with compound v got a cool power some of them got lame powers like a guy who has literally his name is uh tit face or boob face booby face is what his name is i think it's like that it's this guy who has tits on his face so um basically he talks about how they're like he says before how they want to become a pharmaceutical company and how basically that he wants to um what's the word uh sell this drug to the military at like what two million a pop or something like that or something it's expensive and um he basically tells about how he wants out of the superhero business and he doesn't like he, i'm like hey i'm trying to get out of this i'm basically trying to retire turn this into a pharmaceutical company right off into the sunset and you know kind of we kind of end the scene there so i'm like at first i'm watching I'm like that's, that's bs like are you lying to this guy i don't know it's hard to tell what giancarlo esposito he's just so good at uh having a face that seems like he's telling the truth but behind the scenes he's really lying his character is really lying. So I'm not sure if he, I wasn't sure if he was bullshitting. Um, we then find out that Termite is then said to a wellness center in trade for another superhero, other soup criminals. Uh, we find out that because Butcher, Butcher was not able to, he's not able to kill soups. He's able to capture them. But basically what he did was he did the equivalent of not reading you your Miranda rights, a cop not reading you Miranda rights. And basically they have to drop the whole thing because they got you. They, they're not allowed to do that. They have to read you their, your rights or else they can get in big trouble and the whole case can kind of be thrown out. And because he basically captured Termite and threw him in a bag of cocaine and shook it, he kind of he kind of fucked himself and shot himself in the foot there. Like, bro, like, you just, you know, it's funny and it was cool and it was, hey, you got him. But, like, yo, like, legally they probably wouldn't be able to, hold, like, I wouldn't hold up in court. Like, yo, you just basically drugged this guy and kidnapped him, even though he did kill somebody. So, Newman tells Huey, like, yo, we made a trade. They get we gave him uh, gave up termite and they gave us a bunch of uh, like low level uh, criminals that they would been looking for and he was like really are you fucking kidding me and rightfully so like this is his job like fuck we've been trying to get this guy and you just gave him back so we can get three other like three other people that we don't fucking need and even though Newman's like hey we've been looking for them we got three it's good uh, butcher then finds out that termite is then sent to the wellness a wellness center to trade for the other soup criminals he's fucking pissed off clearly unhappy and you can tell like. They tease a lot this season that Butcher at any moment is ready to fucking just go off and just get pushed over the edge. Just like, it's like a fl the flip side of the coin. Him and Homelander, they're both just like, you can tell. They have their motives, they have what they do, and they don't what they want to do. And you can tell at just any moment that these guys can just go off and fuck everybody up. Um, in their own ways. Butcher would have his own ways, and uh, Homelander would have his own ways. Homelander would probably just cut you in half with his lasers and just be lazy about it. Billy would probably torture you tear off all your fingernails and fucking stab you until you're dead it, it they're similar and they're also different in a lot of ways um starlight and then huey then have a meeting with stam edgar uh starlight is then told that she's become the co-captain of the seven with homelander homelander is fucking pissed he is always used to him being the front center of attention and now he's not the captain of the seven he's a co-captain along with starlight he's clearly pissed off Starlight ends up staying and have a discussion with Edgar. Basically, like, yo, like, I appreciate this, but like, dude, Homelander's gonna fucking kill me. He's gonna be, he's gonna be pissed off. And and Stan's just like, let him fucking bitch, let him complain. I don't give a fuck. He basically puts Homelander in check every single time, and I love that he does that. It's kind of it's cool. Um, basically, like, yo, don't worry about it. You're co-captain now. You got a lot of power. Who gives a fuck about what Homelander thinks? Um, we then uh, what's it called? Um. After they have their discussion, we then uh, realize that Starlight is going to be hosting a show with a bunch of other soups, basically to uh, see who, who's going to be uh, joining the Seven. Uh, there is a, 
a superhero on the team called Supersonic, who Starlight has known since her teenage years and since her childhood. They kind of grew up together a little bit, and they had a previous relationship a number of years ago. Um, Huey is obviously jealous, and at first it's like, dude, this guy is a fucking dick. Like, I'm like, oh my god, come on. Huey makes some stupid comments that pick, piss off Starlight, um, and he's like, uh, kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Starlight. This is one thing I don't like really about, uh, okay, I don't dislike it, I would say. Huey has the tendency to like, oh, I'm sorry, and like apologize for shit he shouldn't apologize for, but I, that is also part of his character, he's kind of a pushover, kind of a wimp sometimes, and they do change that throughout this season, but I didn't like it at first when I saw it, um, uh, after Hugh makes those dumb comments, pisses off Starlight, he apologizes, Homelander then gets pissed off at A-Train, and, um, literally almost fucking kills him in a fucking fit of rage, um, I believe A-Train is walking down the hallway, and, uh, he sees A-Train has a milkshake with him, and he goes, yummers, and he basically tells A-Train it's useless, and he almost fucking kills him, uh, being stupid, being an asshole, um, Queen, we then go to Queen Maeve, who then sees a text that she has to meet someone, um, Homelander, then we go back to Homelander again, it's just, it, the way this, like, there's, some people might say, um, okay, one thing I like about the show, each episode is an hour long, no excuses from any other fucking place why the show should not be an hour long, this has no commercials and it's an hour long, there are a lot of scenes that are, like, probably less than a minute, where it shows you what another character's doing, and then they immediately go back to another plot point, that's why when it seems like I'm reading this and it goes, oh, here we go, A-Train almost dies because of Homelander being an asshole, and then we go to Maeve, and then we go back to Homelander again, just know when I do that, that's because the scene is usually very brief, showing what this character's doing, and then they go back to the plot point. Um, after uh, she sees the text, we then uh, see Homelander. He walks into his room to meet a recovering Stormfront. This was fucking hilarious. He goes in there to see Stormfront, who is fucking Anakin Skywalker in her bed, recovering, and she's all bald and burnt up and looks ugly as fuck, and... He go. He basically asks her how how she's doing. She goes better now that you're here, my love. And she's all like, you know, still in love with him and everything. And I remember they said that she. Oh yeah, she's. They have her in containment. She's like basically being like, we got her captured. Like we're gonna go over this whole thing. We're gonna fix this at the end of the second season. And here she is in home in Homelander's room. Anakin Skywalker. Um. Uh, what's it called? Um. Homelander basically starts complaining about his life and like, oh, everything is just so messed up for me and. Nobody understands what the fuck I'm going through. And she goes, no one suffers like you suffer. You want me to, or let me help. And she puts out her hand. And right away when I saw, when she put out her hand, I'm like, oh, come on. They're not going to fucking do this. And she lowers her fucking, her uh, bed to go down like a couple of inches. And Homelander walks over and pulls out his fucking dick. And he puts it in her hand so she can jerk him off while he just like, oh, my life is so hard. And um, she starts jerking him off. And... She's like, no one suffers how you suffer. He's like, yes. And she's like, soon you will lead an, an army of Aryan Ubermecht. And we will have the master race and everyone will. And he's like, what? No. En enough with this fucking master race. What the? F no. Uh, Aryan shit? No. I am the master race. And he's <laughs> basically like telling her like, yo, what the fuck are you like? Yo, what are you doing? Like, I don't want to. This whole Nazi shit. Like, what is it with you and this Nazi shit? He's basically like. And. He's like, no, and his dick gets off, he pulls away, he's like, no, uh, fuck, and he fucking walks away, and he leaves her upset, and you can tell, like, she's upset, they're like, oh, motherfucker, like, I basically, like, helped this guy get out of a shit situation he's in when he killed the innocent civilian in the last season, 
and we fell in love, and I basically thought I was going to have this perfect specimen that basically represents everything that these Nazi pieces of shit believe in the Aryan blonde hair, blue eyes, perfect specimen. I thought we were going to have sex, have kids, lead an, uh, a fucking army of a bunch of Aryan superhumans, and she's basically like, fuck, I basically lost all my limbs except one just so I can still support this guy, and now he's like, no, we're not doing that, what the fuck, it's all about me, it's all about me, and he walks away, and she's visibly upset, which was fucking hilarious, because fuck Stormfront, um, <laughs> I thought it was funny, uh, Maeve then, we go back to Maeve, and she then meets Billy, and shows him files of Soldier Boy, and they right away start talking about Soldier Boy, she then says that they have, um, they have to find close people of Soldier Boy to basically find out what happened to him, how they got rid of him, how they killed him. She then hands Billy an experimental drug to turn him into a soup for 24 hours called Temporary V. He then proceeds to take it, but before he can, Homelander then shows up at the area that he's staying at to talk with him, basically saying how they should both scorch the earth together. Let's have a fair, let's have a fight between me and you. It's all about me. It's all about me and you getting Xboxes. The rest are simply there to help us get through those doors. He basically pulls that, and it's just like, yo, like, we don't, everyone else is, like, stupid, it's all about us, I know you want to fight me and kill me, like, let's have a fight to the death, let's promise to fight each other, one-on-one, keep it fair, and this was a, this fucking scene was just really well done, and it basically shows you that Homelander and, Homelander and Butcher, although being different, are also very, very similar in what they want, um, they're both, at the end of the day, they're really both selfish, and they both do heinous things to get what they want, Billy says he's doing it for the, his right reasons, and in reality, he's just kind of a hypocrite, and um, this scene was just just, just amazing. Um, he then le- uh, Homelander then leaves. It was, it was just a really well-done scene. I, I love this scene. We then go to Mother's Milk, who is, uh, clearly misses his old lifestyle, his own line of work, his old line of work, um, and you can just you could just see they're looking at his face like, fuck, man, like, I gotta be a normal guy, and, and same thing we saw earlier. We then transition to Huey, following Victoria Newman, uh, where they walk out of the building. She leaves, and she walks in, a, uh, walks in an alleyway. He begins to follow her. She then meets with a guy named Tony, who is the guy that kept calling her naughty at the beginning of the episode, which seems to be her former identity of who she used to be. He, she then tells her, I, that's not who I am anymore. He then tells her that, she's like, you have a platform. Basically, tell everybody about what happened to him and what happened to us. Uh, she then proceeds to like, you know, embrace him and cry. And then she tr- literally tries to kill him by blowing up parts of his body. He tries to fight her. She blows up his jaw and fucking basically leaves him there and fucking explodes his whole body where blood goes everywhere in the alleyway. She's in shock. She pulls out her phone and says, yeah, I, I need you to clean this up. I- I'm fucking in a mess right now. Uh, I need a, cl- a team for a cleanup. And then she walks away as the episode ends playing Billy Joel's up town girl she's been living in her uptown world i fucking love that song this show is amazing when it comes to the songs they do great i love a good show with good music that puts people on the music that you've probably never heard i've heard billy joel before i love billy joel but this will introduce people to billy joel who've never heard of billy joel before and huey basically is sitting behind a trash can like listening to the whole thing going on while blood starts dripping on him from the sky it's just hilarious great episode what would i give this first episode i give this episode a solid 10 out of 10 solid 10 out of 10 i fucking loved it first episode start off the fucking season amazing i do also want to point out and rewatch value a ton i already rewatched this episode like twice already i've seen this episode like three times um they did drop the first three episodes in the first week so I was able to watch all three at the same time, but that it was even if they dropped us the first week, it was an amazing episode. A great way to start the fucking season. Um, all right, 
we're moving on. Moving on to episode two, titled The Only Man in the Sky. Now, you guys might get a feeling of what that means, but let's get into this. All right. We open up on a Vought Plus series starting the deep in the Church of the Collective, mocking the whole, this is the whole thing mocking the Church of Scientology. The Church of the Collective is the guy in the last season who basically got his head exploded at the end by Newman. Uh, he's gone missing, is on like a sabbatical, so they get a guy to play him. It, it, it's an amazing scene, it's really funny, and it's just like, it plays on the whole Disney Plus, HBO Max, these Hulu series that they do, and the, the whole dramatic feel, it's just hilarious, it's, it's, it's hilarious, and it's fucking funny, I, I love Digs at Scientology, it's, it's hilarious. Um, we then go to Billy, we transition to him, he's about to inject himself with some of the temporary V, uh, he then wakes up to what it seems like it was a nightmare. Like, whoa, what was going on? Did he actually inject himself, or was this just a nightmare? And it turns out he actually did, but it makes it seem like it was a nightmare. Uh, he then goes to uh, have a conversation with Ryan. He meets with Ryan. He has a conversation with him where he's just distraught and not himself. And where Ryan is staying, he's staying at this off-grid location with um, Mallory or Grace Mallory, I think is her name. Like the head of the CIA or something like that or whatever, and he's living with her. And basically, they're trying to because his mom's dead. His mom died at the end of the second season, and she's basically trying to like raise him so he could be a good person, a good superhero, and eventually kill Homelander one day. Um. Uh, as he's there, he's just distraught. Oh no, no, he had a conversation with Ryan. He had a conversation with Ryan on Facetime, and he basically has to hang up the whole conversation really quick because he's like really distraught. And um, we then transition to Stormfront in her recovery bed when um Homelander tries to arrive, and she's just like. Ugh just looking up at the ceiling staring off into the distance and homelander comes up and is like hey he's like do you know what day it is it's my birthday and he's like <laughs> this shit is just it's so fucking funny because he's like a fucking kid it's all, all about me it's all about me 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 like it's my party i can cry if i want to cry if i want to that's what this reminds me of just him being a fucking like a selfish dick and he's like hey like she's really sitting here Gave her life for him, kind of gave her life, like, to help him out, basically. Well, not gave her life, but, like, put her life in the line to fucking help him out and, and everything. And she's literally laying here, Anakin Skywalker, with one arm and burnt off hair, ugly as fuck, burnt skin, fucked up. And she's just like, fuck. And you can tell she's just, like, dead inside. And he's basically being a dick, saying it's my birthday. Like, yeah, you know, it's time to celebrate. And um, as he's, uh, as he's sitting there... Um, and as Stormfront is unresponsive to the whole thing going on, he gets annoyed and he fucking blows her off and leaves as she sheds a tear. Um, we then transition to Annie and Huey discussing Huey finding out that Congresswoman Newman is a soup and he's basically, I've been fucking working for her this whole time. And they both try to figure out like, what's our next move? What are we going to do? How can they approach this whole situation? Starlight then heads to Homelander's birthday celebration that they're going to have. Uh, it's a rehearsal where she basically talks with Supersonic briefly. Uh, well, then Homelander basically walks in. He's being a fucking disingenuous dick. And uh, he gives fake compliments to Supersonic. Supersonic thinks he's being genuine. And then he starts throwing jabs at him and fucking fucks with him. And I just want to note, Anthony Starr is, I just want to say this again, a great fucking actor. He is so good at fucking playing a fucking asshole, playing a selfish dick. It's his facial expressions... Anybody who wants to be an actor, look at Anthony Anthony Starr. Not Anthony, Anthony. Anthony Starr. People get this shit wrong all the time. I see people call him Anthony Starr. It pisses me the fuck off. My friend calls him Anthony Starr. I'm like, it's Anthony. Anthony Starr is a great fucking actor. He's in a show. He was in a show called Banshee. That honestly, I watched a clip of that show. I'm probably going to go fucking watch that show. And I might talk about it on here. 
I have become such a fan of his. All these cast members, I just want them to get so much more roles. I am just so happy. They're great. They have such great fucking chemistry. Anyway, back to the episode. He throws those jabs at Supersonic. Uh, he then gives off a sinister vibe as we then transition to Billy going to MM's apartment to tell him basically, I, I need your help. I could find to help find a weapon that killed Soldier Boy. Should I can fucking kill Homelander? And MM declines the offer. He then uh, then uh, gives Billy a file on Soldier Boy with a bunch of newspaper clippings. We then find out that Soldier Boy killed his family, his father. I think his father, brother, and his mother, I believe. And um, it's a whole like a whole thing. Like okay, you basically learn like, okay, MM hates Soldier Boy. That's gonna be a plot point for this season. You kind of learn that right there. We then go to Votland with Frenchie and Kamiko, where they <laughs> where they arrive there. This is probably one of the funniest things I've seen in the season, where there's like there's all these different places. Like there's a bunch of pride stuff everywhere, a bunch of pride flags, gay flags, and everything. And then you see like all these like food stands. One of them was BLM BLTs, LGBTQ kebabs. And it was fucking hilarious. I I, I I just thought it was fucking funny. I'm like, this is just fucking funny as fuck. He's like a donut. He's like what? Is that a hamburger in between a donut? It's just fucking hilarious. These guys, they're so fucking hilarious. Just the way, like, the random shit they do is just fucking hilarious. Um, The the reason why we find out that they're there, they're basically there to go sit in on a Soldier Boy musical that is then, that's run by a a superhero called Crimson Countess, who's basically a play on Scarlet Witch. Um, She has, she can, I guess, I don't know, she can, like, shoot these beams from her hands, I guess. And she can sing. Uh, basically, um, after we're there, uh, they then basically, after the musical is over, it's like a bullshit musical. It plays on the whole, like, Steve Rogers thing, where it's like, oh my god, Soldier Boy is a hero, an American hero, and he's one of the greatest heroes we've ever had. He fought in the war, and blah, blah, blah. Um, we then see Frenchie and Kamiko, uh, they go backstage to go meet Crimson Countess, and as they get there, they're, like, trying to play, um, Kamiko has her phone, she's telling her she's deaf, and, like, she's all nice with her and everything, and, like, oh, okay, and then... We see them trying to basically, uh, they attack her and they try to interrogate her and basically try to find out what really happened to Soldier Boy. Another uh, couple fans come in, distract them. Crimson Countess breaks out of it as a song starts playing. She's running out of the fucking place, runs in the middle of the crowd at Vaultland, and they're chasing her. She turns around to shoot one of her beams at them. She shoots the beam, they duck, and the beam hits a fucking guy in a Homelander mascot and fucking explodes him and blood and chunks of skin and body go everywhere. It lands all over fucking kids' faces and people's faces. There's blood everywhere. It These kids are going to have a bunch of PTSD, you can fucking tell. Throughout this whole scene, when before they went into the musical, Kamiko was looking at these two, this brother and this sister. They look like they're twins or whatever. And you can tell she's reminiscing missing her brother who died in the last season. Uh, anyway, back to this. All these kids are traumatized. Crimson Countess basically escapes. And everyone's just shocked and just, holy shit, what the fuck happened? We then go to Huey, who breaks a juice. Tr- <laughs> He's basically, this is this is one thing I love. Like It shows Huey at his, like, just, like, trying to do a normal thing that, you know, this is like, they did, he tries to open a jar. I think it was a jar of jelly uh, or a jar of jam. He can't fucking open it. And we've all had this struggle, trying to opening a, open a fucking jar, and you just can't get it open because it's sealed so tight. And you have to either run hot water under it, use the fucking butter knife to tap the top so it, you know, can open it better. He's struggling to fucking open it, and then he fucking slams it and tries to break it open, ends up fucking cutting his hand. And it was fucking hilarious. He then tries to, um, he tastes up his hand, he then tries to call Starlight, 
Uh, and he's called her multiple times, and then Supersonic picks up the phone. I'm like, oh, this fucking dick. And this automatically already arouses Huey's suspicions of Starlight possibly cheating with her ex. Um, uh, he then leaves. Uh, uh, he answers. Starlight. Uh, Supersonic answers like, hey, Huey, what's going on? Everything good? He's like, why are you picking up her phone? Oh, you've been calling her multiple times, and she's busy right now. So I just thought to see what was going on to see if, like, yo, are you good? And you're just like, this guy is being disingenuous. What the fuck's going on with him? Back to that later. Huey then leaves. We then transition to Homelander and Starlight practicing for Homelander's birthday celebration. Homelander uh, basically changes her lines. Wants to, he's basically just being a diva. I need to change the lines, and I, we're gonna sing. Ha- you're gonna sing "Happy Birthday" for me. Not everybody is. You're gonna sing it. And he basically is fucking with her, and he knows, and she knows that they they don't fucking like each other. They hate each other, but they're playing it off basically like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do that and everything. She then tells him that she's not singing. Homelander then tells her, he's like, hey, fucking lighten up and sing. Stan Edgar from the back of the crowd, in the empty crowd, is basically watching like, uh, if she doesn't want to sing, she doesn't have to sing. She's the co-captain. Listen to her. He basically puts Homelander in his place and fucking pisses the fuck out of Homelander. And it was, this was a great scene. Great fucking scene. I love, and you don't even see Stan Edgar. You like see his silhouette in the back of the crowd. It was fucking cool little shot. We then transitioned to A Train, trying to rebrand, getting more touch in with the, getting in more touch with the black community and and his African roots. And when he says this shit, Ashley looks at him like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Another one, a black guy that's one of the PR guys looks at him like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Your black roots, bro? Really? You're American assed? You're Americanized ass? Fucking come on! You don't care? Like it, basically like pointing out." A-Train doesn't give a fuck about the black community. He does not care. A-Train is a selfish prick. He only looks out for himself. A-Train is a hypocrite. When something happens to him, he gets mad about it. But when he does it to other people, oh no, it's just not that big a deal. A-Train's a fucking prick. And I I love how they pointed out here, like, yo, how these companies, like, how basically certain celebrities will basically, oh, you know, I'm trying to get in touch with the black community. It's like, you don't give a fuck about black people. You are just trying to make yourself look good so you don't look like an asshole. Like he already did because a train at this point can't run anymore. He has heart problems. If he runs a certain amount of times, he'll die. And he's like, how am I going to rebrand myself without having to be the fastest man alive anymore? He basically, I have a whole new suit design. They're like, no, 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 we're not going to do any of that. Um, uh, Ashley is obviously not in favor of this whole thing and basically kind of like shuts it down. He was presenting a whole thing. It was called a show or a special called a train goes to Africa. I thought that was fucking hilarious. We then go to Huey going to the group home where Nadia apparently grew up at, New- Congresswoman Newman. Uh, Huey then gets a doll thrown at him, and he picks it up, and his little boy teleports next to him, where we then find out that the boy's name is Teddy, and his name is Teddy Stillwell. He is Madeline Stillwell's son from the first season that after she died, we don't know what happened to him. So I guess he was put in one of these group homes. Stan Edgar probably arranged for this. And now he can now he has the ability to teleport. Now, here is the thing. I, I saw nobody else talking about this shit. What is up with Teddy Stillwell? Is he a natural born soup? Or did she inject him with Compound V when he was a baby? I don't think she did. Because when he was a baby, he didn't teleport randomly. Did after he was... After she died, after Stillwell dies in the first season, did Stan Edgar basically inject him with Compound V and like, yo, keep him in this group home. We'll keep an eye on him. He looks significantly older. He looks like he's like about fucking two or three here. And he was a fucking infant in the first season. 
and there's a time jump, so I'm like, well, how old is he supposed to be? Is he what? Is he a year and a half? Is he two? We'll go ahead and say we'll go ahead and say he's two years old. We'll say he's two years old here. That's fair. Even though he looked older, that's fair. We'll say he was two years old here. And he's very just like, what's the word? Like, he looks like he's just desensitized to everything. He just, just comes off creepy. This little creepy little fucking kid. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, he then pretend, uh, Huey then pretends like he's here to adopt. Uh, and she kind of like, what are you like? What the fuck are you doing here? Like, oh, we're trying to adopt. I'm with Starlight and everything. And we're, we, you know, we want to get a kid basically. And, um, as they're sitting on a computer and they're watching uh, this, like they're, they're like looking through all the kids that like, you know, he's like, oh yeah, we're trying to, I think he said, we're trying to look for like an Asian kid or something like that, a kid of color. And it was just fucking, like, it was pretty funny. And she's going through all this list and he plugs in this hard drive to their computer to basically get all the information out of there. Um, and I, I want to know that like, she had like a broken arm or a leg or something. I think it was an arm, broken arm. And they go over this in Boys Diabolica, how there's like this group home where all these rejected soup kids live and there's a lot of accidents when it comes to like nurses, like trying to help them. Like a kid that may have super strength, doesn't know his own strength. And he accidentally breaks her arm. I, that's, I'm not saying that's what happened, but I'm, that's how I guarantee that's one of the ways like she got her broken body part to keep taking care of these soup kids after they're done with, after he takes the information, we then cut immediately to him and, um, starlight looking through, going through all this shit, going through all these people that Newman accidentally killed when she was younger or Nadia killed when she was younger uh, we then see a video of Stan, Edgar, and Nadia where Stan basically tell, like basically adopts her. Um, after that, um, we then go to Stan, Edgar, and Nadia where Stan Edgar is literally like reading to her. He's caressing her head, reading her, her a story. She's like leaning against him and everything. And we get the reveal like, oh, fuck, these guys are in fucking cahoots. He's basically her father figure and she's his daughter, basically. Like an ad adoptive daughter. And they have a good-ass relationship. We then in get introduced to... Um, uh, her daughter, she, uh, Newman has a daughter that's basically his granddaughter, and I'm like, holy shit, like, what the fuck, they've been in cahoots the whole time, basically, I think the message behind that, or, like, the whole thing there was, like, yo, you guys really think that, like, all these politicians you guys think are, these politicians and, co and corporation leaders or CEOs are all enemies, like, nah, bro, like, there are a lot of these guys faking, fake this drama, fake competition, so they can, like, basically, uh, raise their profits and they're all in cahoots. I think that, that was like the message here and maybe not. I don't know. I'm probably reaching. We then transition to, um, uh, Billy butcher arriving at a gun show to question this guy named gunpowder who was soldier boys, basically sidekick in their team called payback that they were a part of. So, uh, gunpowder is basically there. He's has this whole gun meeting. He's spewing off a bunch of right wing shit about guns and taking their guns away and a bunch of dumb shit. Um, he then basically, uh, he then goes to the restroom, Billy's in there, and he basically tries to, uh, blackmail him, basically saying, like, you and Shoja Boy had this relationship, like, what was it like? I was a big fan, he talks about, and then he basically brings up this, like, this thing that, this letter that Gunpowder wrote, basically saying that, uh, Soldier Boy fucking, um, sexually abused him and everything, and, uh, he's like, hey, man, he sexually abused him when he was like a fucking like a, a kid or something and uh i was like oh fuck like right away it's getting dark I'm like, oh fuck and he basically hey he goes hey enough of that i was like i've been hearing that fucking pedo shit for fucking years now get that bullshit out of here that never fucking happened soldier boy was a good guy a good man and it's like what the fuck's going on here like what the fuck he's like well you fucking showing the letter mate you wrote the fucking letter and as he basically blows off billy he walks out billy then uh heads to his car 
And he's literally almost fucking killed here when Gunpowder fucking shoots him. I believe it was in the leg. He shoots him in the leg and he grazes his face with the bullet that fucking ricocheted off of a bunch of pillars, which was fucking cool. This it was cool. Um, he then tries to track the blood where he's at and Billy ends up escaping somehow. We then go to Homelander on a rooftop with a girl named Chelsea. Uh, we see Ashley. She's like, make sure you get the fucking shot. Point it up and don't be afraid to aim the camera up when if something happens or whatever the fuck. And you're like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, is somebody, like, what's going on? We then realize that there's a girl whose name is Chelsea who's on the rooftop and is threatening to commit suicide. And Homelander's basically got to be there to go save her. And and Vod is basically there like, yo, get this on camera. We need to, this will get Homelander some PR points. This will, you know, he'll look a lot better and everything. Like, we, we got to get this on film. Homelander basically lands. And this was probably the best part of the episode. Um, The girl, his name is Chelsea. And she's there to commit suicide. And he's basically there to save her. But you can tell he could fucking care less. And uh, what's it called? Um, if uh, basically if 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 this didn't have any benefit to his PR, he would not fucking do this. He does not care. He's a fucking sociopath. He's an asshole. He basically gets there. Uh, and he's just like trying to tell her like, hey, like you don't want to kill yourself and everything. Like what? How, how that'd be a spit in the face to God. And she goes, I'm Jewish. And he's just kind of like, what? It was fucking hilarious. And then, all of a sudden, we see on the giant news, or the giant monitors in the back on the skyscrapers behind him, that everyone's, like, reacting, like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. And then we realize that Stormfront is dead. Stormfront was found dead. Apparently, she they, she million-dollar babied herself. I guess she bit off her own tongue and killed herself. And Homelander's looking at her, like, what the fuck? Like, like how, how could she do this? It's my birthday. And it's like, really, motherfucker? Like, you said you care about this chick, and she literally just killed herself. And you're over here like, it's my birthday. Why would she kill herself on my on my birthday of all fucking things? And then all of a sudden, he just fucking just snaps kind of. He just goes, you know, you probably won't understand this because, you know, Jew. <laughs> this is the way he says it's fucking an asshole. And he basically... um. He's all, he starts comparing himself to Jesus in a hilarious fucking way. And he's all like, you know, I under, I finally understand what he was going through. And it's like, you know, you give and give and you get fucking, get fucking nothing. And it, it's just hilarious. He basically goes off on how, oh my God, my life is terrible. I, I give everything and I get nothing. And I get all this shit from people. And people are leaving me. They lie to me and a bunch of other bullshit that he starts spewing off. And then he just kind of like, you know what, Chelsea? I think you should do it. Why don't you have, and she's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't think I want to do it anymore. I, I want to get down from here. He goes, no, you know what, Chelsea, you should do it. How about a little fucking follow through for once in your life? Chelsea, why don't you fucking do it? Why don't you kill yourself? And he, it gets really fucking dark here. And you're like, oh my God. And he basically tells her like, you should kill yourself. She's like, I don't want to do it anymore. He goes, Chelsea, I'm not asking, do it. And then his eyes turn red. And then we go down and we see uh, Ashley at the, at the, on the, on the ground saying, what? And she goes, apparently Stormfront million dollar baby. Her, so she bit off her own fucking tongue. And then all of a sudden his fucking body fucking hits the ground. <laughs> and I started fucking dying. Like, God damn it. He fucking made her kill herself. What the fuck? This is so, it was so fucked up. I'm like, oh my God. And it's just like, oh no, like, God damn it. You got her to fucking kill herself. And, um, I, I'm guessing that he fucking, I don't know if he hit her, like, if he shot his lasers at her, 
did he hit her? Because the autopsy might be able to see that she got hit with lasers. But then again, her body fucking hit the ground and exploded because it hit the ground with all that force. Or did he shoot lasers at her feet and made her fall off and trip? I don't know. I think I'm, I would probably like to think that he shot lasers towards her feet and made her whoa and fall back and fucking die. Um. Uh. We then go to um. We then go to MM looking at his newspaper clippings of Soldier Boy. Where his daughter then says she smells something like he's like kind of like blacking out a little bit. She then says she smells something wrong. She smells something smoking. He then goes to the kitchen and the pot on the stove catches fire. He then takes his pot off the stove and proceeds to attempt to shut off the alarm, like the um, the smoke detector. He gets pissed off and in a fit of rage, he fucking breaks the smoke detector in front of his daughter. And he realizes like, fuck, I just got, I just fucking raged and got upset in front of my daughter. And he apologizes to her. And she basically embraces him like, hey, it's it's all right, dad. I Like, it's okay. I still love you. And she hugs him as he tears up. A really sweet scene. Um, we then go to Huey at the bureau where he isn't. He's uh, he's then confronted by Victoria, a.k.a. Nadia, who then questions him about where he's been. He almost slips up until Starlight ends up saving him mid-conversation. It says they got into a tiny argument as Victoria then proceeds to say that, hey, uh, hey, it's not my business. She walks away. And uh, they then view the photos of her victims in their car as they go back and forth saying that uh, as he then uh, says that he signed them up to adopt the child. And it's like, yeah, I basically, oh, fuck, I fucking got this confused. I'm sorry. The scene where I said they were in the car and they look over her photos, they did that here. And they, uh, they, um, he basically, like, yo, by the way, I kind of signed us up to adopt a kid. Now, I'm not sure if that's going to go anywhere in season, in the, season four. They didn't get a kid. They didn't get an adoptive kid this season. Because I, I think that this this season went this season like was like a couple of, in the span of like a week week and a half maybe two weeks I'm not sure I'm not sure I don't know I, the, I don't know how, how long this this season was time period wise like I don't know if it was a month two months but um they didn't get a kid they didn't get a kid but he basically says they signed up to get one uh we then go to MM dropping off his daughter and his wife uh, uh, and his wife and her boyfriend's house. He then speaks with his ex-wife about how he's having problems and issues ever since the Soldier Boy situation, and she's kind of supportive of him. She then consoles him and tells him, like, hey, you know, you should go back to Butcher, like, and do what you gotta do. Like, I understand, like, it may not have worked out when we were together, but I think you should just, you you need, you, you sound like you need to do this. This is something you should do. We then transition to Frenchie and Kamiko, where he then tries to take her to Six Flags, and she signs about her brother and how she's basically... Uh, a, a, she's basically like it's a, it's a piece of her that she'll never get. Him dying is basically a piece of her that she'll never get back. And it's true, like you know, you can tell that she loved her brother, and the fact that he's dead, it it weighs on her, and rightfully so, um, because she basically has compound V in her. She basically can't see her brother again because her brother's dead, and she can't die with her powers. So basically, saying I got compound V and I can't die ever see my brother again, and it's sad. It's very sad. We then go to Billy patching up his wound on his leg where he finally uh, or uh, he finally watches the video that Ryan sent him. Ryan sent him a little bit. I think it was a video of Legos. He mourns his wife. He then proceeds to call Huey. Huey then tells him that Newman's a soup and they have to fight. They got to fight this shit Billy's way. And there's like, OK, they're going to reunite. We then see Holander laying in Stormfront's uh, bed where there's the bloodstain and where she died. He's scratching the bloodstain. He's laying in the fetal position, just laying next to it. Um, we then transition to Butcher 
who is leaning on Gunpowder's car. Like, we, they're in a parking garage again, and then he meets Gunpowder again. He's leaning on Gunpowder's car, where Gunpowder tells him, like, he goes, get the fuck off my car. Billy then asks him, he goes, tell me about Soldier Boy, and why are you protecting him? Gunpowder then basically sh- uh, proceeds to shoot Billy, thinking he kills him. Uh, we then are revealed and find out that Billy takes the shot like a fucking G, fucking gets up, and you're like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, he took the fucking temporary V. If you didn't know before and thought it was a nightmare, no, he took it, and he's fucking got powers now because he didn't get, he didn't die. Um, uh, what happens is, is uh, he uh, fucking gets up, and uh, he thinks he, uh, Gunpowder thinks he killed him, he gets all cocky, Billy gets up, and he beats the fuck out of Gunpowder, and basically gets Gunpowder to admit that he doesn't know how Soldier Boy died, he doesn't know what happened, the whole shit about him saying that he sexually abused him was not real, it was fake, he said it was just a bunch of hazing that went too wrong and I was getting tired of it. And he basically tells him, what the fuck happened to Soldier Boy? I don't know what happened, I don't know what the fuck's going on, uh, he just knows that it wasn't the nuclear meltdown that killed him. The nuclear meltdown in Nicaragua, um, what's it called, uh, he it was he basically says it was the it was a nuclear meltdown in Nicaragua that fucking that they were working with with the CIA and he's just like what, like what the fuck gunpowder then basically begs for his life and Billy then proceeds to mercifully beat the fuck out of him by punching his head in and caving his head in and then he in a fit of rage his fucking laser eyes fucking cut the car and cut gunpowder's dead body in half it was, was fucking cool um and then uh. We, like I said, we, this reveals, obviously, when you see the laser eyes, it just, yo, oh yeah, this is confirmed, he's got powers now for 20, he's got powers for 24 hours. We then transition to Homelander's birthday celebration, where Supervonic is doing a musical performing his song, it's called License to, baby, 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 got your license to drive, that song has grown on me, bro, like, that was a song that was made for this show, they legit have a full version on, like, Spotify and shit, they went all out on, like, fucking advertising and promoting for the show when it came to shit, like, that's what I'm saying, like, bro, if they made music videos for, like, songs that were briefly in the show, that were created in the, in the show's universe, like, they can do a Dawn of the Seven movie, I, I want to see that, um, after the whole thing is going down, um, uh, what's his name, um, Supersonic's name is Adrian, I believe, his name is Adrian, and, uh, he comes out in this multicolored suit, not Adrian, I'm sorry, I fucking, I wrote that wrong, after that, we then see A-Train come out in his new multicolored suit, pissing off Ashley, because she's like, what the fuck, we didn't approve of this, I told you not to use it, and she basically introduces Homelander, or no, A-Train introduces Homelander, <laughs> Homelander makes a comment, telling him, get the fuck off the stage, like, calls him fat and says, get the fuck off the stage, you're basically, you're fucking disgusting, and he's like, hey guys, oh, thank you, it's my birthday, it's like, fucking, you fucking dick, you fucking dick, um, and then Starlight, Starlight then puts on a facade saying that Homelander is donating money to the Starlight House, which uh, helps homeless people. Uh, and then a man in the crowd yells, your Nazi died. And this fucking sets off Homelander. You're like, oh no, is he going to kill this guy? No, he then goes off on a rant about how he's the real hero and how um, this whole bullshit that they're doing, it's a whole fucking facade, how he doesn't have a birthday and everything. And and what he says here is, it's like, legit kind of make you sympathize with him a little bit not that much but it's like he basically like yo i'm i i am a fucking puppet for this fucking company that just wants to sell you shit like i'm not in control it's just like all these other people are in control and it's just like it's one of those things where he's like basically kind of like accidentally fixes his public image by basically like appealing to the people who are against the system we're against the system and people controlling other people and blah 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 and 
he basically just like no more i'm done being controlled i'm done with all this stuff and it he gets a fucking audience because of it. people love that he fucking does this shit this wasn't even his fucking intention um uh he goes basically talks about how everyone else is in control and you guys just don't know it yet and as he does this, you can tell like he's trying to fix his public image he does his best to throw under the bus telling everybody that they need they need you guys need me i'm better i'm smarter i'm the strong i'm stronger i'm better than everybody he says um talks about he's the most powerful person in the world and he basically tells Vought like i'm done being a puppet and the episode ends great fucking episode another fucking 10 out of 10 these episodes are fucking amazing rewatch value is off the fucking charts for these fucking episodes amazing anyway moving on like i said that episode was a 10 out of 10 episode 2 was a 10 out of 10 anyway moving on to episode 3 titled barbary coast or barbary coast barbary coast barbary coast whatever the hell you want to call this i can't pronounce i thought it was burberry barbary coast anyway we open up with a beauty pageant flashback of when starlight was a child uh, you see her mother, her mother's obviously forcing her to do these type of events. Um, and you know, the way that these events kind of just like, I guess maybe over-sexualize like young, young women, I guess you could say when they're like, they're dancing and doing all this dumb stuff. I, and I'm, cause that's one of the things with these beauty pageants, like they doll these kids up with all this expensive fucking makeup to make them look nice. So these judges can tell them, Oh my God, which one's the prettiest? Like that's, I don't know. That's a little weird to me, but they show this whole thing and like what she talks about with her life that she had all the shit she had to go through when she was younger, dumb, stupid beauty pageants that her mom is forcing her to go through. Um, you could tell she obviously doesn't want to do any of these type of stuff. Uh, she then does a mock up of Britney Spears's uh, fuck one of Britney Spears's songs. Hit me, hit me, baby, one more time. I think is what it's called. Um, uh, what happened? What happens? Uh, she has the dance number. And uh, we then flash forward to Starlight watching Homelander give his rant slash speech on TV where he did in the last episode. He's talking about, I'm better. I'm, I'm smarter. Um, she's watching it. Uh, she then asks Ashley, what's going on? Ashley's like, it just ignores her running by her. Just fucking like, I can't. I can't right now. I got to go. It was just hilarious. Um, we then see, <laughs> as Ashley's running, she, we see that she's trying to, she's running and she's trying to fucking go to somebody looking at the fucking iPad. We then watch Homelander. We got a close up on his face, just staring off at his TV, watching his speech. He's flipping through channels. That's all they're talking about on the news. All of a sudden, Ashley walks in and we get a zoom out shot, a fucking Homelander naked on his fucking, uh, on his couch, skinny as fuck, just watching the TV. And it's, I fucking died at this scene. This is probably like the, this is probably one of the funniest fucking things I've seen this year. Just the visual of Homelander just like lay, <laughs> laying down on his fucking couch naked. And most people don't know this, but the, the suit that he wears is all padding. Like the suit that he wears, not just like in the show, like as the actor Anthony Starr has to wear, is all padding. He's, he's actually like pretty average build, pretty skinny in real life. And, um, seeing him just skinny there, sitting there, it just shows like, it shows, like, to me, it was it worked well for the character. The reason why I say that is because you can tell Homelander puts no effort into training. He puts no effort, or maybe he did when he was younger, because they show a little bit of that in Diabolical. Like, he probably did. But he has, like, no, like, no, like, he, has, he shows that he has, he has no want or no need to do any sort of combat training, no exercising, no lifting any weights. And, I mean, why would he? Can he even grow his muscles? The reason why I say that is because he was experimented on since he was a kid. 
and it didn't seem like he worked out. He gets he gets automatic super strength, automatic durability, automatic laser eyes, automatic flight, and he doesn't have to work out. He really doesn't. He doesn't have to do what Superman does and work out to maintain his shape. Um, and his powers don't automatically make him buff, which I, I just thought it was funny. It plays into the character of like how he's lazy and does the least to even get by as a quote unquote superhero. So I thought I thought that this shit was just fucking hilarious. Um, he tells her, you don't know how to knock. And it was, just, it was fucking funny. And, um, as she walks in to talk with him and we see him naked, he's without a suit. And this is one of the first times you actually see him without a suit. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, she then tells him that he's up 21 points and he's like, what? I'm in oh, fuck. Yeah. And then his, basically his speech basically made him look confident and unapologetic. And, um, she then like tells him like, you're basically up with white audiences, like up within like the white right winger audiences, and but you're down with like people of color. And then she starts talking about something else, and he gets pissed off. No, 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 no. Talk more about me. Like tell me, tell me more about like good stuff. And um, uh, she, it just this just shows he's a fucking narcissist. He's a narcissist and needs to, he needs this. He has and needs this constant like seeking of validation from other people. We then transition to Billy, looking into the mirror, having some flashbacks of beating the shit out of gunpowder. His laser eyes start blinking, and uh, we then, um, here in the background, express yourself. I'm expressing with my whole capabilities, and now I'm living in correctional facilities. They start playing NWA. Uh, Mother's Milk, I fucking love this choices of music. They start playing Express Yourself by NWA in the background while MM is cleaning his table, and we see that the band is back together. Frenchie, Kamiko, M.M. or Billy are all back together again. Huey then walks in, soon reunites with everybody. This is a great fucking scene. Then seeing them all reunite after such a long time of literally, like this is like a like this is cool seeing this because they haven't had the show for two years, and and there's a time jump in there, so it works out. It works out great. Um, we then uh, after that, uh, Butcher then proceeds to insult Huey, throwing jabs at him, saying that he works for you work for a fucking shoop the whole time. And, you know, you didn't say, like, you didn't say, you didn't know. And he talks about how they got to go meet Ryan. And it's right here, like, this just shows how Billy is a hypocrite. Billy literally has superpowers at this point. And he's complaining to Huey, oh, you're working for a fucking shoot. You're working with the enemy. Like, motherfucker, you got superpowers. And you literally had a conversation with Homelander, both agreeing that you guys will fight to the death at one point. Um, Frenchie then says he can't go because he has an emergency. Huey then offers to go, but then says that he can't just say he's sick because Newman's getting suspicious and she's been smelling it on him and uh, smelling that he's lying. He then basically asks Kamiko to break his arm so that he has a valid excuse. Um, Kamiko then fucking breaks his arm and he screams in pain. This shit was funny. Um, we then transition to um, Starlight and the producers of the show. Uh, they're going through all the people who could possibly be the winners of the seven. They're like, oh, what did they say? Supersonic, he's a real panty dropper amongst 13 and 14-year-olds. I was like, what the f I was like, God fucking damn it, these fucking company. And she goes, that is disgusting. Please do not ever, or that is like just scary. Please do not ever say that again. And um, she then says that, uh, they said that she gets to pick the winners. Uh, it's in her contract with Stan Edgar. And, um... Uh, but then she said, uh, someone's like, she says that she has, she has to take it up with Homelander first. And then she realized that they have to, um, no, 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 I'm sorry. Um, Ashley says that she has to take up the suggestions with Homelander. And she's like, no, I don't got to do shit because I'm, it's in my contract with Stan Edgar that I can fucking pick anybody else. And I don't got to bring shit up to Homelander. And you, you, you wanted someone to bring it up to him. Ashley, you bring it up to Homelander. She tells him. And Ashley always doesn't want to do this. She's scared of Homelander. Um, 
we then transition to um uh what's her name sherry uh sherry who frenchie meets at a park somewhere Sher- uh, sherry is the girl that is dating french or is like uh, frenchie's girlfriend in like the first season she causes the explosion i think it was in the second episode that distracted him from finding translucent uh she uh this is her first appearance in this third season um she basically is like fleeing the country because we're working for somebody. She lost a ki- bunch. She lost a kilo of drugs and is basically dead. And she owes them the drugs and money. And she basically asks Frenchie to go with her so they can leave the country together. He declines. She then kisses him and she leaves. We then see the boys pull up to go see Ryan. Uh, Ryan immediately goes to hug Billy, squeezing him really hard. And you're like, holy shit! Like this is like a reminiscent of when Homelander killed that lady in the lab, hugging her to death, and literally killed her. And, um, a bully's like, hey, calm down, you're pretty strong there, mate. And, um, we start to notice that, uh, that Ryan is, his strength is just, like, all his powers are coming in. Like, bro, his powers are coming in, um, that his father has. Um, but he obviously doesn't know his own strength yet. And we then find out the reason that M.M. is back with the boys is because, like I said earlier, Soldier Boy killed his family, or killed his parents. Um, we then transition to, uh... Uh, what was it? We transitioned to Annie, um, talking with Supersonic, basically telling him, like, Vought wants to pick him as one of the winners, but she basically tells him the truth about Vought to his shock and disdain. We didn't, uh, we then transitioned to, uh, um, to A-Train, walking out of this medical facility, this little fucking, uh, what do you, I don't know what you would call it, um, uh, I don't know, an ambulatory place, I don't know, it wasn't a hospital, but it was like a urgent care, probably, I think it was, it was what it was. Um, his brother meets him there and we basically tell him like, yo, you need to come home. And like, what are you doing in there? Like, oh, I'm fine. My heart's fine. Like, we know your heart's not fine. And this is a very heartfelt scene, a little sweet scene between him and his brother. His brother shows he cares about him. And like I said, if it seems like I'm just going to point to point to point, that's literally how the episodes are. Like it'll have like a, a six minute scene and it'll go to right to a, a minute and 20 second scene with like a turn and his brother really quick. And then they'll go back to the main plot point or somebody else. Um, we then transition to Ryan and Kamiko playing Connect Four. While Ryan asks her, does she hate having her powers? Uh, is she scared of having her powers? And Kamiko is honest with him, and she texts on her types on her phone uh, that she is, and she hates her powers. And Ryan basically says he hates his powers too. This scene is a very sad uh, scene for Ryan and his and Kamiko because neither of them asked for any of this. They didn't ask for powers. Kamiko didn't ask to be a fucking. Kamiko didn't ask to be immortal. And get her powers injected her through fucking human trafficking. Ryan didn't ask to be the son of a fucking narcissistic, homicidal fucking sociopath. That basically he's like, a, I think he's like a rape baby. Because if I'm not mistaken, Homelander raped Becca. And that's the reason why, um, what's his name, is uh, was born. So they didn't ask for any of this. Um, we then go to Butcher questioning Grace Mallory about her connections with Soldier Boy and Nicaragua, where she denies everything, and Butcher basically keeps questioning her about it. She then says that Nicaragua has ancient history, and she could basically get killed if she tells him about it. And then Billy basically tells her, like, all your agents and you are going to get killed if you don't fucking tell me about it. Basically, you're going to die either way, so just fucking tell me. Uh, Grace then says it was all part of op- it was all part of Operation Charlie. Um... She talks about, like, how the whole thing was going to destabilize minority communities and everything with drugs and a bunch of other stuff. And then MM basically just like, were you fucking part of this whole shit where the cocaine was being distributed to minority communities to destabilize and demoralize? And this is fucked up because this part is technically true. Like, the whole war on drugs shit 
where basically all these drugs are being sold in low-income communities to fucking fuck up black and Hispanic neighborhoods. Like, this is a legit thing. Um, and they, they kind of, they put, it's part of history, so they added this part of the whole team payback Nicaragua thing and the war on drugs to kind of connect everything because we're still in our world. Um, after, uh, what's it called? Um, she then talks about how they were going to move their offensive forward. Uh, where then we're then introduced by the team called Payback, and they start playing the song Hurricane, rock you like a hurricane, dope-ass fucking scene. Um, they show Grace Mallory when she was younger uh, in the CIA. They did a great job like re uh, casting younger actors. The cadence of the way the actors speak, their mannerisms, their looks, I could totally buy them as younger versions of these characters. Um, after they were... Um, she, they talk about she introduced a team called Payback, the team which consisted of Black Noir, the TNT Twins, Crimson Countess, Gunpowder, Mindstorm, Swato, and Soldier Boy. Uh, Grace then tells Soldier like, Team Payback is basically there, like trying to show off in front of all the soldiers in the fucking um, Freedom Fighters or whatever the hell you want to call them. And uh, Soldier Boy is trying to shoot off a rocket or shoot off like a grenade or something with gunpowder. And he's like, let's show him the 4th of July or something like that. And he goes, so, no problem, soldier boy. And she basically tells him, put that shit down. You're not fucking firing in our, our, our ammunitions in, our, in this area. We have a dump area where you can go do that. And soldier boy, the, uh, she didn't, after she tells him that, um, soldier boy is just all like looking at her. And uh, what's it called? He's just like, oh, you're very pretty. He's just being a dick. And uh, he makes comments to her that aren't very pleasant. Uh, Stan Edgar himself. Uh, then apologize. Like we tend to see Stan Edgar show up, a younger version of Stan Edgar, and the guy who plays him did a great fucking job. The cadence of the way he spoke, the face, uh, expre facial expressions, the mannerisms, and uh, the dialogue, and just the looks. They did a great job casting younger versions of these characters. Um, he basically apologizes. I'm sorry for this whole. Sorry for social about being a dick. Basically. Uh, he basically tells her that, uh, eventually their whole goal is to bring soup, soups into the military. Uh, and then we get, and then like, she basically was like, oh, come on, like join it with me. Like, you know, you'd be great for this. And she's like, no, fuck you. Basically fuck soups in the military. And it pisses him off. Obviously. Um, we then are introduced to black noir. We act, we get to see black noir, a face reveal for black noir. Um, the actor playing him is not the same one who plays him in the other seasons. Um, this guy was literally just like a stand in to play like the face revealed version of him. It's his black dude. And I, at first I'm like, is this Stan Edgar's brother? Like the player playing it off. Like he was talking to him like, yo, Stan, like, I think that I should be, have the mask off more and everything. And I want to show my face to people basically because he's black. You can't really show his, they really don't want to show his face to the public because you'll probably lose a lot of the audience because people don't know that he's a black man and at this time black people were being discriminated against a lot and he doesn't want to he wasn't want to keep the mask on and um what's it called and then uh as this whole thing's happening he's talking with him and he goes hey man can you put those fucking peanuts away? Like, he was eating like walnuts or peanuts or something and he's like can you put those away you know i'm allergic and um he tells him he doesn't want to doesn't want to wear the mask, and he's like, "Well, you're going to be stationed in like Minnesota or something like that, and you might want to wear it for you know warmth." And uh, at first, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, is he his brother? Is he his brother or his cousin or something like that? Because the way their relationship is, I'm like, it just seemed like, I, I, well, you find out later on why he was talking with him, and you know, you just, I, I assume that they were brothers, but I, I, don't, I don't think that they are. Um, anyway, we then transition to. Um, Soldier Boy, when he makes his makes more comments towards Grace, she blows him off, and uh, a shootout then fucking happens. Explosion happens, uh, killing one of the men uh, that works for Grace. Uh, she's very close with him, 
because uh, there was a kid who was there, like, not kid, but a guy, younger guy who was, like, talking about uh, the Yankees or some shit like that, a baseball game or some shit. And you could tell she has a good relationship with these people. And uh, a whole fucking shit happens where an explosion happens when they were fucking shooting off ammunition earlier. It basically caused uh, their enemies to find out where the fuck they were and basically pick them off one by one. And um, uh, and as this shit is happening, uh, an explosion happens and Grace is basically like, like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? And she basically ends up getting knocked out and uh, wakes up later after all these people are... D- like, as the shootout is happening, Crimson Countess accidentally kills... Or Crimson Countess kills two of her men thinking they were bad guys. And she's like, those are my men. And she's like, oh, fuck. And you can tell that these fucking quote-unquote heroes don't know what the fuck they're doing. And they're all flash and no fight. And um, she gets knocked out, wakes up out of her fucking, like, coma... Or not coma out of her fucking like knockout phase and she's bleeding a little bit walking everywhere people are dead her her friends are dead um fucking members of payback are all over the fucking ground bleeding and oh my god no we then see black noir fucking his helmet is fucked his helmet is fucking off his head is fucking split like his he got like a, a cracked open head where his head is split his fucking face is all fucked up and burned. It looks like he just survived an explosion and he should have wore his fucking mask. And so we get the origin of why Black Noir doesn't take off his mask, why he can't talk. He somehow became a mute from the explosion. It damaged a part of his brain. I think the part where he can communicate. Um, after all that happens, we then, um, we then, uh, after she pauses the flashback and Butcher then gets up from the table to go excuse himself. Uh, we then transition to, uh, Starlight having lunch, uh, Homelander and Ashley walk in, uh, Homelander wants to give his, uh, pick for one of the winners, Starlight says, no, I'm picking the winners, Homelander then basically tells, uh, says, how about a twist on the whole audience to see where he, uh, where he brings back the deep, basically, um, uh, to Starlight's shock, and, um, she's like, obviously she says no, she's like, no, we're not fucking bringing back the deep, fuck that guy, um, she asks for a word with Homelander where they go back and forth and she tells him, do I need to remind you about the flight video, the video where basically Homelander left a bunch of people to die on a flight and he basically threatened a bunch of them and then he lied to the public saying he couldn't do anything about it because he didn't get there on time. Um, he then basically closes the door, proceeds to tell her, like, go ahead, release the video because if he loses everything, he'll have nothing to lose and he'll fucking destroy everything, kill everyone. And it's true, like, they actually kind of bring it up, like, he's like, if you really want to blackmail me and fucking expose me, go right a fucking head, I'll just kill everybody. And it's like, fuck, you can't really do it then, I mean, you can, but you're gonna get everybody killed, what are you gonna do? If you don't have a way to stop him, you can't, you shouldn't do it. Um, we then get a scene of the Deep fucking his wife while fantasizing about fucking an octopus, uh, that is staring at him through the fish tank, obviously the Deep can communicate with fishes, and like Aquaman, he likes to fuck fish. Um, we then transition to Billy throwing up into a toilet with his eye at the, at the same place Grace Mallory's at, and he was with them. He's throwing up, and his eyes start to glow. He seems he just can't control his powers. Uh, Starlight calls Huey, uh, where she then says uh, she's basically going to leave Vought. Like, she's going to leave Vought in the Seven, and he tells her, don't do it. They, they have a lead on a possible weapon that could kill Homelander. Uh, he then tells her like he needs to, she, that she he needs to stick it out. She needs to stick it out, basically whatever it takes. We then transition to A Train at his, bro- at his brother's place with his nephews. His brother asks him, "What's up with the suit?" And he's like, "I'm down, bro. Like, why do you think I'm wearing this? I'm down." And um, oh, he, oh, he, I'm down for the, I'm down for the cause. 
and his brother then questions him and tells him like that he should leave uh he should leave and get out of this and get out of the vault and live the simpler life with him a train obviously doesn't want to do that he's chasing fame he wants to be famous he's a clout chaser he wants to look at as a fucking as like a celebrity um he doesn't want to do it and um what's it called uh and he tells him basically like, if you're down for the cause uh, like he shows him a video of what seems to be another superhero whose name is Blue Hawk. His brother shows him who killed a black man that was just walking down the street and a woman uh, thought that she was going to get uh, a black man was walking down the street and this woman thought she was going to get mugged and Blue Hawk basically curb stomped him and fucking killed him cracking the pavement like and that's just like oh my god and that's, and that's the true thing that's based off of probably current like events that have happened in the last couple of years where you know a black man have been um, discriminated against and killed for no reason in some senses of like you know it's it's like a similar situation most likely happened like i think his name was ahmad Arbery, i think was his name from sorry if i'm getting the name wrong but a similar situation where he was killed um for just like walking on the sidewalk or something um so it's a similar situation to that um atrian's brother basically doesn't like i want you to speak up about issues like this and atrian obviously doesn't want to do it uh because it'll upset homelander piss everybody at vault off and uh, he wants to keep the fame that he still fucking has. We then transition to Frenchie, walking in public, where he is then confronted by the man that his ex-girlfriend was being harassed from after uh, after uh, she lost the drugs. Uh, his fr- uh, She makes some um, uh, out-of-pocket comments and proceeds to walk away, thinking he has nowhere to go. And then we realize that there's other goons ready to fucking kick his fucking ass. Like, he basically tries to fucking say some shit like, yeah, whatever, you're not going to do anything. And he gets caught up, and they basically are like, yo, you're not going nowhere. We then transition to Butcher, still having a hard time dealing with his powers. His eyes keep glowing. He ends, he exits the restroom where Ryan was listening, and Ryan's powers uh, obviously have gotten better because he can use x-ray vision and his hearing, uh, or his super hearing, uh, that's turning to super hearing, obviously. He tells him he's going to be okay. Uh, we then resume the flashback where um, uh, Grace was telling uh, when the shootout happened, Swato ended up flying away and he ended up fucking getting exploded, giving a. No, Swato flying up a bunch was like the bug guy. Flying up all the time trying to impress them with his flight basically gave away their location to their enemies because they could fucking see them. Um, and. Um, after Swato tries to fly away, a missile gets hits him and fucking blows him up. Apparently, 116 men were killed as well. Uh, like I said earlier, we saw the damage that was um, happened to Noir. His face is burned on one side. He has a split in his head where you can see his brain. He can't speak. He's reaching for his mask. Um, we see other team members, like I said earlier, who are injured uh, from payback. And then we find out that the Russians used some type of weapon to kill Soldier Boy and they stole his body, as Crimson Kind is like, they took him, they took Soldier Boy, I don't know how, and, like, Grace is like, what the fuck, all, like, like, distraught, like, what the fuck's going on, um, MM is obviously pissed, we get away from the flashback, MM is obviously pissed, because, basically, she knew that Soldier Boy, he asked her, did you know that Soldier Boy killed his family, she goes, yes, and he's pissed, because she knew Soldier Boy killed his family, and didn't even fucking tell him, she then asked, uh, Huey and MM to leave the room, uh, while uh, her and Billy go back and forth, throwing jabs at each other, she then calls Billy selfish, saying he's just like his father. Uh, Billy leaves, uh, tells everyone like, "We're leaving. We're getting the fuck out of here." Uh, and as Ryan, as he's leaving, Ryan's like, "Wait, where are you going?" 
Ryan asks him where he's going. Billy then tells him, he's like, I'm not good for you, Ryan. He gets, and then Ryan gets upset and starts showing signs of Homelander, getting upset when he doesn't get what he wants. He fucking grabs Billy's arm. He doesn't want to let go. His eyes start to glow, and he, um, he fucking, uh, I think he, like, shoves Butcher, and he rips off the necklace that Butcher gives, and gives him. He tells him, I hate you! I hate you! And he runs away like a little fucking baby. And we then transition to Nina, who is the person that Frenchie's ex-girlfriend was working for. It wasn't a guy. It was a girl. Her name is Nina. They call her Little Nina is her name. She's Russian. Uh, she has Frenchie, who's tied up. She then unties him and tells him, like, she wants him to help her out, uh, help her find Sherry. He then uh, tells her no. She then wants him to kill, uh, to kill her. He obviously declines, and he fucking walks out and leaves. We then transition to the deep. Homelander, Ashley, and the Deep's wife celebrating the Deep returning to the Seven. Homelander fucks with the Deep and messes with him in a fucked up way. Basically by bringing him a platter of seafood, which is obvious. Obviously, the Deep can't eat seafood because he talks to these animals. And it's the same octopus that was like, like he was imagining fucking while he was fucking his wife. And they basically tell him, eat the octopus. And he doesn't want to do it because he knows his name. Timothy was his name. He's like, his name's Timothy. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to eat my friend. I can hear everything he's saying. And they basically traumatize him by making him eat the fucking octopus as his wife texts him, eat the fucking fish. And he eats it, and he's in shock while watching everybody else eat the oysters and lobster right in front of him. Um, Homelander then stupidly compares himself to Martin Luther King and says that everybody likes the real him, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants, and no one can stop him. As he says this, he's clearly frightened. Uh, he clearly frightens everybody else on the fucking table. Nobody speaks up. Homelander then brings the main course for Deep, like I said, which was the octopus. He make, And his name was Timothy. He makes him eat the fucking octopus to his amusement and fucking the Deep's wife's amusement. Like, she was, like, watching this, getting turned on watching this shit. Um, we then see Frenchie back at headquarters with Kamiko uh, as Kamiko walks in telling him she doesn't understand how he works for Butcher when he tells her, you do too. Like, what are you talking about? How I, you'd work for him too. And then she tells him, I'm only here because you are, and that basically suggests that they should leave. Um, Butcher, uh, in the rest, in front of the rest of the boys, walks in and asks Frenchie where he's been. He tells him that little Nina, uh, tell him, uh, little Nina uh, saw Butcher and tells him to give her a call and to set up a meeting because they're going to go to, we're going to Russia next. And, uh, basically like, yeah, like, okay, cool. You know, little Nina, we're going to go to Russia. We're going to do some shit for like, find, so we got to find what killed soldier boy. Find out what killed soldier boy. We then transition to supersonic going into starlight's trailer where he then tells her like, I joined the seven and she tells him it's a bad idea. He then tells her like, Hey, I'm going to stick by your side and, uh, I'm gonna be here watching your back. And I'm like, is he really going to be stick by your side? Is he going to stab her in the back? And we then transition to Huey and butcher where butcher says, uh, uh, says, go ahead, lay into me. I know what you're going to say. And he then, uh, uh, what's it called? He says, nobody else will know what I understand when the gloves are off. And, um, a butcher then proceeds to throw up, vomit. Uh, he vomits on fucking Huey, and Huey just yells, "What the fuck?" This was fucking hilarious. Like he, the powers are making him vomit. He fucking blows a bunch of green chunks and goo all over fucking Huey. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, we then transition to the show American Hero, where uh, the final contestants are going to be uh, picked to be in the seven. Starlight then picks Supersonic. Homelander then makes his pick, which ends up being neither of the contestants. He then brings back the deep. Uh, as they're filming everything, Homelander then on camera live says that Starlight and him are together and that that's his girl. Like he basically like brings back the deep and 
into Starlight Shock. Um, and the Deep's like, yeah, I'm back and everything. And then he's like, guys, I got another thing I got to say. Me and Starlight, we're together. And he basically tells everyone that they're dating, puts her in a fucking rock and a hard place. Like, oh, like, fuck, I can't say we're not dating because it would fuck everything up, fuck up our whole image. Um, and then um, what happens is, is um, after he tells that Starlight's his girl, he then says, they, we gotta, let's redo the take uh, as Starlight kisses Homelander uh, while clenching her fist like pissed off just like she was at the as her younger self at the beginning of the episode because when she was younger she every time she get pissed off like doing something she had that she didn't want to do she clench her fist and she does here at the end of the episode as the episode ends with them kissing another great episode solid 10 out of 10 this has just been amazing so far i have nothing but positive stuff to say about this show really great show anyway on to the next episode episode four of the boys season three titled glorious five-year plan all right. Anyway, we open up on episode four, Glorious Five Year Plan is the name of the episode. We open up on MM having bad memories of Soldier Boy while watching him on TV. Soldier Boy's uh, on the news. They're talking about him and everything in the past of Soldier Boy. He's on the news and he is having these PTSD fucking triggered memories. Huey notices Butcher is on temporary V and he ends up finding out that he killed gunpowder. Huey finds out um, that others don't know. Butcher then tells Huey that if they find out, He'll put him in a fucking coma, basically. If they find out, he'll I'll put you in a fucking coma. Um, we then go to Cameron Coleman, interviewing Homelander, kissing his ass. Stan uh, pulls up to Nadia's home, where uh, they discuss their options with Homelander and how Stan needs to show him that he's still in charge. The boys then pull up to little Nina's shop, saying how they're looking for a weapon. They pay her the money she wants from losing out on her drugs, so Sherry can kind of live, I guess. Uh, she then says that she wants, she still wants Sherry, which Frenchie is obviously against. Uh, Huey is uh, watching the uh, watches the Homelight video as Homelander interrupts him and Annie. Uh, the Homelight video is basically like the shipping, like the internet ships Starlight and Homelander Homelight. We're Homelight together. He's watching the video. He's obviously getting pissed off. Um, Homelander then interrupts him and Annie. He then tells him that he and Starlight is strictly for the cameras. He then tells. Uh, he then says. Um, that how he and Maves, that's how they started and it turned into other stuff, basically insinuating that, like, yo, me and Maeve were just for the cameras. Then we started fucking and it got, ooh. He basically says the same thing with Starlight. Yo, it's just for cameras, but we might end up fucking, basically. Obviously, Starlight's not going to want to fuck Homelander. Um, uh, he tries to intimidate Huey as Starlight then threatens to leave and takes her approval points with her. Homelander then says, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. God, you guys need to lighten the fuck up a little bit. Like I said, Anthony Stark, he's just so fucking... See, I thought, like, Giancarlo Esposito is, like, a master at what doing what fucking uh, Anthony Starr does. Where he just, he's one moment, he's, like, putting on a professional face, and then all the next thing, he's just a fucking... He's just doing the cold, calculated thing. But except for him, for for Homelander, it's not, the, it's not uh, the professional guy and then the fucking cold, calculated. It goes from a professional guy to a narcissistic asshole who doesn't care about anybody but himself. And it's great. A-Train uh, then speaks to Ashley about the, Blue Hawk, about the Blue Hawk incident. She then says, social justice is the thing. And they will talk about Blue Hawk later. Basically brushing him off. A-Train then joins a protest and he hands a SWAT officer one of his drinks. That's one of the A-Train like energy drinks. And this is obvious. At first I thought this was like a real thing. And then I thought we find out that it's a fucking commercial that they're making. And it's mocking the Kendall Jenner ending racism Pepsi ad from a couple of years ago. This was fucking hilarious. Because I'm like, really? oh, he's already had a protest now. I'm like, no, it's literally just like 
the Kendall Jenner thing. Like, this was fucking hilarious. Um, the boys then all board a private jet while we transition to Maeve training while Annie walks in to ask her if she's heard of, um, uh, uh, was it, uh, heard of the weapon, uh, she's heard of the weapon that could kill Homelander. She seems to not give a fuck if she dies and basically wants to be ready for Homelander when they fight. We transition to Russia where the boys end up arriving, uh, as Butcher says Nina had some, uh, someone locate the lab where they were supposed to be looking. Uh, but before they go, they have to do this little job for her. Frenchie is at it, uh, Frenchie is again, uh, upset, but Billy then says that Frenchie isn't, you're not the one doing it. Kamiko is. Kamiko says she's not Butcher's fucking gun. Butcher then says she is, and that he tells them what to do and they fucking do it. This is obviously leading to dissension in the team later on and now, uh, eventually, like if you haven't read the comics, spoiler alert, just a spoiler, 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 I'm not going to say it again. Um, Butcher ends up killing all of the boys in the comics towards the end of their run, and he basically goes overboard at the uh, over like over the edge. So this is what I think this is what this is leading to uh, dissension in the team. I'm not sure if they're going to do it exactly like that. Uh, but we then go to Supersonic and Annie, where Annie talks about the Homelander situation. Alex, base Alex is his name. I'm sorry. Alex then says like he's in. He jokes that he's in love with her. And he's helping her because it's the right thing to do. It's a whole joke. And he's like, I'm just doing it for the right thing to do. I'm like, I'm on your side. Um, and I'm like, okay, maybe he is on her side. Maybe he's not going to just fucking turn his back on her and fucking backstab her. We then transition to the Seven United while Homelander is speaking condescendingly to Supersonic with taco bowls. This was fucking funny. A-Train brings up uh, benching Blue Hawk over patrolling uh, black neighborhoods. They're, they're, in, they're in their fucking headquarters area where they're all talking. They're their Justice League type area, which is still fucking dope looking. Um, uh, what happened is um, he, A-Train brings up Blue Hawk and benching him for over patrolling black neighborhoods. Deep then chimes in after his wife texts him saying that they need more superheroes, not less. And uh, says that uh, you share a lot of the same base as Blue Hawk. You could really afford to look. Uh, you you couldn't really. Uh, can you really afford to look soft on crime? Homelander then agrees and compliments Deep. Like good job, Deep. Homelander asks uh, for the room, and obviously A Train is fucking pissed off. Like you motherfucker, Deep. Like this. That's the thing. These guys are both. These are both the same character. They're just fucking look different. Deep is a fucking piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. And he's all about himself. All he cares about is himself and what's going on with him. A-Train is the exact same way. When shit happens to them, they're upset about it. And they're basically just... I love seeing them just being cutthroat right here. And like, you no know, fucking trying to, you know... What's the word? Um, undermine everybody. Undermine each other here. Um, as uh, what happens as uh, Homelander uh, compliments the Deep. Uh, Homelander asks for the room. As Ashley says that Victoria Newman is having a press conference about Homelander. He then tells her to find out what's going on. A-Train then confronts the Deep about kissing Homelander's ass and giving his opinion. Deep then retorts back as they both threaten to expose each other. When a fight between them starts, Homelander walks in helping the Deep and then tells A-Train to rest. He goes, stay down, rest your useless fucking legs. This was fucking hilarious. Obviously, Homelander's going towards the Deep because the Deep at least still has his powers. And the Deep is, like, beneficial to Homelander more than A-Train is right now. Um... Alex then helps A-Train up, and he holds him back as A-Train is pissed off. They both get into an elevator as A-Train is pissed that Homelander is backing the deep and not him. Alex says, like, what if they could do something about, uh, what if we can do something about it? He's alluding to the Russian weapon. A-Train then looks at him and says, what do you have in mind? 
Team then ends. We then transition to MM questioning what's wrong with Butcher. They both discuss meeting uh, um, uh, meeting each other as MM goes into more detail about his background and how MM was the one who held his platoon together as um, a natural-born leader. Uh, Billy then tells MM that no matter how hard how hard he has to be, MM is the one here to look after the boys. I'm basically saying, as much of a fucking prick and dick asshole that I am, you're the fucking glue that holds this team together, basically. Now, I couldn't tell here if he was being genuine or if he's just fucking, you know, fucking sucking his dick here, basically. Like, oh, no, you're the one that, you're the one that it keeps the team together, mate. Um, we then transition to Kamiko, dressed to the nine. She's arriving at some fucking mansion where there are a bunch of other girls, I'm assuming either mail order brides or hookers. They're all doing coke. Uh, well, um, uh, the song, uh, I will, uh, I will survive is playing in the background, but it's played in Russian. Some fat fuck, uh, who was the one who ordered all these females, um, shows them all these different types of seven, uh, the seven dildos. This shit was fucking hilarious. They show like a Homelander dildo, a, a, a deep dildo, a A-train dildo, starlight dildo, a fucking black noir, huge fucking dildo. This shit was hilarious. Um, he then attempts to use, uh, he basically tells him like, oh, choose what tells him to choose one of them. Uh, he then attempts to use one of them on one of the females and where he is then stabbed by one of the dildos through the mouth by Kamiko from behind as she then proceeds to kill all of the guards with the other dildos. She then takes a photo of the fat fuck dead as she is then shot in the head by one of the prostitutes in a dumb fucking move where they, she shot her in the head and she falls down and collapses and quote unquote dies. She then gets back up and realizes that she's covered in blood. Um, Conveying with her facial expression that she does not like doing what she fucking does. We then transition to Newman, nervous, or Victoria Newman, nervous about, uh, nervous about to give a press conference on Homelander. Uh, as Stan uh, comforts her and he's like, good luck, sport. You got this. Like, you know what to say. You've got this. Maeve, um, Maeve, and H, uh, Maeve, A-Train, and Annie are all watching on TV when Homelander arrive and asks what's going on. Newman then says that Homelander has bravely come forward as a whistleblower with evidence of crimes committed within Vaught by CEO Stan Edgar, throwing her fucking dad under the bus. Because when Homelander came in, he's like, what's going on, guys? Like, he knew something they didn't. And they're like, what the fuck? And she basically throws Stan Edgar under the bus to Stan's uh, shock and um, and disappointment. Like, really, bitch? Like, all the shit I've done for you, you're throwing me under the bus? And this was a fucking twist that I didn't fucking expect. I thought that Stan was going to be the main villain throughout this whole fucking season. And it was it just fucking threw me off guard. Um, he then says, um, maybe, no, uh, after Stan's pissed off and disappointed, obviously, uh, Homelander smiles watching the TV. Uh, Maeve asks him, like, what the fuck did you do? Uh, and he just says, like, I didn't do nothing. He's like, oh, no, he didn't say anything. He says, I did something I should have done a long time ago. He then says uh, he set things straight because this is a superhero company and always has been and that it belongs to us and not him. Basically trying to garner people, to, garner them to be on his side saying, hey, it's us against Stan, even though it's really him against Stan. Um, everyone is obviously shocked and he then says, it's a new day, people. It's the dawn of the seven as he smiles walking out. It's fucking awesome. Stan then asks Newman, why? Like, why? Why would you do this? As he says, you say, um... As she then tells him, says, you weren't protecting me, I was protecting you, and that she has to look out for Zoe, which is her daughter. Ashley then is speaking with Cameron Coleman about his cheesy talking points, where she then asks, his, uh, asks if his idiot brain is being fucked by stupid. He then says yes, as she just pulls out a giant Homelander dildo strap-on to his joy as she smiles. I'm like, oh my god, like, this was fucking hilarious. 
We then transition to Kamiko arriving back to the boys with the photo of the job that she's done. Butcher then says, easy peasy, as Kamiko walks away, obviously fucking pissed off that she had to kill somebody. She then is with Frenchie and says she can't do this. She talks about the prostitutes being scared and how they were uh, how they were bought and sold just like her. She then says Butcher doesn't treat any of them like people and how Butcher and Nina are the same and how they only uh, they only have each other and um, how it's literally it's just it's just him and her. Frenchie agrees. It says that Huey and MM need them and they do this job and then they're out. Like basically, like we got like I know you don't like Butcher and I know this is fucking hard on you, but. Huey and MM need us right now. We got to do this. Once we do this job, we're done. We'll leave. And they embrace as they both hug. Um, and yeah, they both hug together. It was a sweet scene. We then transition to uh, Newman slash Na- uh, Victoria Newman slash Nadia in her home. As Homelander then arrives and asks her if she's thinking about popping his melon. Basically his head. Um, uh, pop- uh, popping his head and... I don't think she can. Like, I really, I honestly don't think she can. I think because they said that Homelander, his uh, organs and stuff are, like, basic. Like, they tried to, like, experiment on him, and they, like, they can't do anything. Like, you can't damage his organs. Like, he's basically invincible. Um, well, uh, as they're there, um, she then uh, says that, can we, make, can we make this quick? It's been a long day. And I'm over here, what the fuck are they going to do? They're going to fuck? He then reveals the truth uh, and pulls out a file showing that Stan Edgar had no intention of her being his daughter, but her being his weapon. He then says that um, that's what they uh, have to do to control them as heroes. They pretend like they're their weapons and they basically get them on their side and emotionally like tie them in and bring them in. Like, oh, I'm here to help you. Like, we're going to make you a big superhero and we're going to protect you. And they really just want them as like, you know, oh, you're just a part of the company or whatever. Uh, and for her, her case, it's like he was pretending to be, oh, you know, I love you, you know, I treat you like my daughter. It's like, no, you just wanted her as, as your own fucking weapon, basically, to use when you need. Um, uh, he hands her what looks like a compound V, uh, and he tells her uh, he tells her he's glad she chose her own kind and that it was a smart choice. Um, and he flies away. We then go to Butcher injecting himself with temporary V as uh, Huey walks in. He then says he wants to try some. Billy then says, hey, Huey, it's dangerous. And um, how he's doing it to protect Ryan or in case shit goes south. Huey then says he wants to do it to protect himself and Annie because he's scared of Homelander and what he could possibly do. And how when Homelander, uh, how Homelander intimidates him, it reminds him of every single bully he's ever dealt with and how he was basically able to always do nothing. He's tired of being saved by Annie. Butcher says this stuff is punishment. It's stuff is punishment. Basically trying to put like, oh, it's, it's not all that Huey. He's trying to make it seem like it's nothing. Like he's bullshitting, but he's also kind of telling the truth. He's kind of trying to protect Huey there and also trying to be like the only one with powers, you can tell. But uh, Huey then says, he says, um, uh, uh, he says, Huey, he goes, you don't deserve any of this shit, Huey. You don't deserve it. It's like, like basically, you know, you don't deserve this punishment that comes with it. He was like, okay, says, and you do? As Billy walks out, we then transition to Stan Edgar in the Seven's main office. Homelander is mocking him for having a temporary leave of absence. Um, as Homelander seems to have the upper hand here, Stan says that Vicky, uh, Victoria, is more like him than he could have ever hoped. Uh, he didn't ask Homelander. Uh, he didn't ask. Uh, he ever hoped. Um, he didn't ask Homelander what he gave her. Homelander then says, uh, "A little respect, something you should have gave me." Uh, Stan then says that. Um, what good would that have done? Uh, where would that have even gone? What, what good would that have even done? 
Um, but to the bottom, uh, uh, like, what would me giving you respect do? Like, it's like, where's it gonna go to the bottom gaping pit of your insecurity that you call a soul and just fucking just goes in on him. And I thought he was gonna die here. He didn't die. Um, just to note that <laughs> they then go back and forth as Homelander then says he doesn't understand why he was ever intimidated by him by Stan. Stan then says the company is like the company is yours, but you know you might regret having the company because there is no one left to basically cover for you if you fuck up, and that the world may soon discover him for the disappointment that he really is. Stan then says that he is not worthy of his respect, and how Homelander is not a god, he is just a bad product. Stan leaves as Homelander looks bugged and pissed off as what Stan said. This was fucking awesome. I don't like we don't I don't think I don't believe we see. Uh, Stanegger, Giancarlo Esposito for the rest of the season. If this is if this is all we're gonna see as him for like the next like like this whole like the, for the, the longest time, what a way to go out for now. Like this was like him just going off on Homelander was fucking amazing. We then transition to Victoria Newman, her daughter Zoe, um, as she then injects her with the chemical that Homelander gave her. It turns out it's compound V, and the chemical seems to alter her as she starts crying, and her mom Victoria hugs her like it's okay, it's okay, you're gonna get through it. I went through it when I was younger. Um, we then transition to Huey and the boys breaking into the Russian lab that they, um, as they shut down the power to the lab, they put a gun to one of the guards heads as they break into the building. Frenchie sees a hamster whose name is Jimmy, uh, who is then revealed to be uh, a fucking compound veed up hamster who then triggers an alarm when he tries to break out of his glass box. This was fucking hilarious. Um, a shootout then begins between the guards and the boys as the boys fight back. The hamster then levitates and flies and attacks one of the guards digging through his face, fucking eating him and eating his face and killing him. Um, the boys are then pinned down uh, out of ammo um, as Butcher then looks at Huey. Uh, Huey not saying, uh, uh, and looking at Huey, um, not saying that he should tell him, like, don't use your powers. Like, what, what are we going to do? Like, what the fuck are we going to do? Butcher then uses his powers as a badass, walks towards the guards as he lasers the fucking guards, breaks the neck of, the, of one of the other guards. Um, Mother's, Milk is literally, Mother's Milk is literally about to be shot. MM's about to be shot right here um, as uh, from behind as Huey then is revealed to have taken temporary V as he teleports out of his clothes and basically pushes Mother's Milk out of the way. Um, and we reveal that he has compound V in him or temporary V in him. And it's cool. They both got powers now. Basically, Butcher's got the Homelander powers except flying and fucking super hearing and x-ray vision. And Huey's basically got teleportation powers. Um, uh, and then Huey punches through one of the guards, <laughs> punches through him, rips his hand out as he apologizes. The boys are pissed off at Huey and Butcher. Butcher says it's only temporary for 24 hours. MM then tells him, like, you're better, like, tells Huey, like, yo, you're better than this. As Huey tries to rationalize to Butcher... Butcher then turns around disappointed at Huey, being a hypocrite, obviously. Everyone seems to be disappointed with you, with, um, with them as they, uh, with, uh, everyone seems to be disappointed as they walk past him. Uh, they see, they walk past what it seems to be like some sort of cryogenic freezing chamber, similar to the one that they use for the Winter Soldier in, uh, in, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier and in uh, Civil War. And, um, I already knew who was coming here. This was, I already knew this was going to be a dope scene. Billy then rips off the door. We then reveal Soldier Boy with a long ass fucking beard, played by Jensen Ackles, fucking ripped to the fucking gills. Uh, where it then seems the Soldier Boys, not Soldier Boy, the Russians have been experimenting on Soldier Boy as MM looks in shock, like, oh fuck, like that's Soldier Boy, the guy who killed my parents. He has some sort of PTSD in his mind as Soldier Boy walks out of the uh, fucking pod. He turns around looking at Frenchie as his abdomen lights up. 
Kamiko pushes Frenchie out of the way, and he seems to, he hits Kamiko with this like laser beam that like if if any of you know who Havoc is, uh, he's from the X Men. Um, basically, Soldier Boy has that power now where he can like shoot this giant laser out of his chest. It hits Kamiko and launches her through a fucking wall, and um. Uh, he then walks out as walks out of the wall and just walks away as Frenchie goes to check on Kamiko, where it seems Soldier Boy is the weapon that can kill Homelander. Like when they said weapon, like it was legit. Like Homeland Soldier Boy is the weapon that can kill Homelander. Um, and they start realizing that, Kam- that Kamiko's bleeding out and her powers aren't he- like her powers are gone and they're not healing her. She's bleeding out with shrapnel and an iron bar sticking in her abdomen. The boys then put her in the and the van that they came in as they start driving uh, driving away, trying to make sure that she's still awake and that she doesn't die while she's in the back of the van. Huey is uh, in the passenger seat looking at his arm. Like, he's got his arm hanging out the window while the wind's blowing. He's looking at the blood smiling all over his arm. Like, wow, I just, I fucking help somebody, say somebody. He's, and um, Butcher then makes a comment about how Soldier Boy never used to be like that and that the Russians must have did something to him obviously and uh he then asks mm what he thinks uh uh as uh mm says that there's no team for him to hold together anymore you made sure of that basically mm's like the motherfucker like quit trying to change the subject there ain't no motherfucking team to hold together now you made sure of that when you took compound v and you're basically like not even looking out for us anymore you're letting us get be basically cannon fodder cannon fodder while you get your fucking meet your whatever goal you have to fucking meet um uh and then, uh, what's it called? As Butcher doesn't say anything, doesn't have any rebuttal, he just looks at him in the mirror and he keeps his eyes on the road. We then transition to Homelander and Annie walking out of uh, somewhere, uh, out of this, like, I don't know, some fancy place, while the paparazzi are taking photos of them, home light, all this other stuff, because they're a quote-unquote couple. Um, and he basically tells him, like, hey, how about we fly? How about we fly home? And she's like, ah, no, I'm good. She goes, my car is right, is right there, and I'm just going to take that. And he goes, nah, come on, like, let's go. And he picks her up. Everyone's like, all right, guys, thank you. All right, we'll see you later. And he flies up, and he goes, I want to show you something. And um, as he picks her up and flies her up on the top of this building, uh, he then reveals to her, he's like, come on, I want to show you something. And then we end up seeing that he killed Supersonic, a.k.a. Alex, in a fucking brutal-ass way. It looks like he fucking lasered him and fucking like lasered off all his limbs and ripped off each limb and beat the fuck out of his fucking his face like he's fucked up and just dead like oh my god like you have to have a closed casket funeral for his ass t basically calls him you're a fucking psycho and he goes he then reveals that a train sold sold out supersonic and sold them out and basically his only job that her only job is to be his girlfriend to the media and to fucking worship him and um basically worship him and him alone or he'll basically kill Huey. He's like look see that right there if you don't fucking listen to me that's gonna be fucking huey uh he then tells her to find your own fucking way home and he flies away as she cries mourning her friend alex as the episode ends another great episode fucking 10 out of 10 amazing fucking show i love this show like i said there's not enough good stuff i can say about this show so much rewatch value this has been the best season they've had so far. There's only eight episodes of the season, which I didn't mind. They were all an hour long. Um, I honestly really wish there was two more, but hey, I can't complain. They've been consistent. Eight, eight, eight. So, um, great show. Great show. Great four first four episodes. Um, I'm probably gonna end the podcast here because it's already we're already almost two hours in, and I don't want to have this video too long. I'm gonna have to make this two parts. So we're gonna have three vi- boys videos coming out. We're gonna have one, which is the one right now, uh, episodes one through four. And then we're going to have episodes five through eight. And then I'm going to have a, 
I'm going to have um, an episode where I basically talk about the future of the boys, what I want to see happens next, about the new show that's going to be coming out with the boy, uh, that's going to be made by the boys. It's like a college series about soups in college, but it takes place in between season three and four. So I, I can't wait to do that and talk about that. And I can't wait for that show to come out. Um, anyway, uh, like I said, these are great, great episodes, a great show, probably my favorite show on TV. Well, it's, it's this show and Better Call Saul. These are my two favorite shows of the year. Um, anyway, guys, that's been it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the boys so far. Uh, like I said, I hope you guys understand me having to do two parts. Uh, I just, like I said, I don't want to have you guys just be like listening for fucking three and a half hours of me talking about episodes one through eight. I think you guys will probably enjoy them in parts in two parts better than just one whole part. Um, let me guys, let me guys, let me know what you guys think about the show. Let me, let me know. I keep fucking botching that. Oh my God. Uh, let me know what you guys think of the show. Let me know what you guys think of, um, this format that I'm doing with two parts. Uh, let me, let me know what you guys think about me not talking about the show right when it's out and talking about it like probably after, because that's probably what I'm going to do from now on. Cause it just seems easier, but when there's so many shows to do, like when, like, let's say I, let's say I have Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, Peacemaker, the boys and better call Saul all at once, like dropping those, like every single like day after they come out. It's a lot of work for me because I, I work late nights, and then uh, I just see that you guys some it, you guys tend to probably view them a lot less. I think you guys like longer episodes, and you guys like more things condensed versus every episode is another is like an hour and a half where I discuss everything. So I think this is the format I'm going to go with from now on for TV shows at least. Um, anyway. That's going to be it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the No Limit Lab. hope you guys enjoyed what I had to say about the boys. If you haven't watched the show, go watch it. It's available on Amazon Prime. And if you haven't had, if you haven't watched seasons one through uh, two already, before three, watch those first. Go watch that show. Check out Invincible. That's a great-ass show, too. But um, shout-out to the actors, directors, everybody who's been a part of the show. You guys have made this one of the most best shows that I've experienced in probably my life. So, uh, anyway. Shout out to all those guys that have worked on the show. You guys did great. All right. That's going to be it, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I've said that multiple times already, but this is the final time I'm going to say it. Hope you guys enjoyed everything. Thank you so much for your support and your continued support. It is much appreciated. I can't wait to keep having this podcast move forward. I can't wait to discuss the other stuff I'm going to talk about on this show. It's going to be great. And I just want to say thank you to you guys. But anyway, all right. You guys have a good one. This has been the No Limit Lab. We just talked about the boys. Season 3, episodes 1 through 4. This has been the No Limit Lab. Guys, have a good night. And don't let Homelander kill you. Hey, hey, hey. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of the No Limit Lab. And you guys do know that we do teasers at the end of each episode now. We just discussed the boys. Season 3, episodes 1 through 4. We're going to have episodes 5 through 8 on the podcast coming out very, very soon, sooner rather than later. I enjoy the show. I hope you guys enjoyed my honest review, my honest take on this show. I hope you guys enjoyed the immense detail that I took with all my notes. I, I like to give you guys, when it comes to stuff that I really, really like and enjoy, I like to give you guys good notes and in detail of all the stuff that really happened. I'm excited to the next part of this video or next part of this podcast and yeah, that's probably going to be the one that's going to be coming after this. So that's going to be the teaser. Well, this is going to be the teaser for that next episode, part two of the boys season three review. So hope you guys enjoyed everything. Get ready for the next episodes coming soon. This has been the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Eloy. And thanks, guys.